The clock is ticking, tick tock. What's the time, Mr. Clark? Little Hans says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. This is Gary. Gary Hoffman. This is Gary, and he's very, very famous on Twitter. Shannon Farron. <laughs> it's terrible! She has beautiful eyes, and her hair smells like cinnamon! Mm-hmm. Gary and Shannon. I wouldn't be anywhere else at this hour, except on You can be cool! You can be shy! Say what you want! Good to know for my future how things will go down. Hey, welcome back. Hey, thanks. How'd it go? I mean, not the. I don't not want to talk about it. Big no, part of it. I think it, everyone's but... done hearing me talk about the game and and all of it. And I get it. I'm annoyed with myself for all of the the lead up and, and the the post haste uh, feelings. And we're just going to move on. All right, we're going to jump right into what happened on Capitol Hill. I want to, frankly, dive into the Iowa caucuses, and I want to dive into the State of the Union, and I don't want to talk about the game or or anything anymore. So that's where I'm at. Oh, listen, I know sound like that a lot. Process the whole thing, but I know that we can't ask a lot of the people that we elect that we put into those seats in Washington. We can't ask them to go there and do what we elected them to do. We can't ask Wait. them to, to to hold their campaign promises Why can't to, to their hearts to that? because we that ship sailed long ago. Oh. But I thought we were still at the place where we could ask people to be grownups because that whole thing was so embarrassing. He, let me my my take on the whole Nancy Pelosi. So the hashtag Nancy the Ripper is trending today. Also, uh, the hashtag Nancy Pelosi rocks. If you thought that was a statement of that that's worth celebrating, I'm sad for you. What? Why can't we expect or ask of our elected officials, like you're saying, just be an adult in the room? Stop. If you think that that person, whoever it is, you're pointing across the aisle and you say to yourself, that person's a childish idiot. Why then do you have to be a childish idiot? In response, it didn't make any sense. It really didn't. I mean, it's like, be the bigger person, be the better person. Don't sink beneath whatever you just perceived as a slight. And then what she said after it was even worse because you think you got to read between the lines there. So she told reporters that tearing up the speech was quoting here, the courteous thing to do considering the alternative now, I hear that, I read that, and I think she's going to take that piece of paper to the bathroom with her, or, which is so gross. Or roll it up and smack him on the back of the head with it. That's, like a, that that's a better This is the better yeah, version yeah. of it. What? The entire time, the entire speech, I sat there and watched it, the entire thing, from the moment he, finger quotes, snubbed her handshake at the beginning. Oh, it was sour grapes. Uh, totally expected. I, I don't know what I would have done if I were in his position, whatever. I probably would have, would have done it hand. just out of courtesy. Yes. Like, just the just courteous to thing. be an adult. But her constant shuffling through the papers. It, listen, and there were questions early on. I was kind of watching on Twitter while the speech was going on. People weren't sure what she was doing. 
it's just a copy of his speech. That's all it is. And the the copy of the speech is, number one, usually available a few minutes, if not an hour before the actual speech, if you know where to find it. Some media organizations will publish it. The White House often has it before he actually says it. Um, and second, it's just literally the things that he's saying. So she's reading along with him, right, which I don't know why it's so difficult and why she had to keep shuffling the papers like she was doing her taxes. But she's going through and she would read a line like one or two sentences ahead of him. And she would then bring her head up and like mug towards the Democratic side of the House chamber. Like, oh, you guys won't believe what he's about to say. And then she's mouthing, she's mumbling these things to herself like a crazy person in the background. Mike Pence, to his credit, never responded to her. Never once, because she was saying things that only he could hear. That's a lie. That's not true. That's not the number's not correct. Like you well, could what, read I her mean, lips. And Mike Pence is actually the adult in the room, and there's no way he's going to engage. My son even he even asked, "Why does he look so bored?" Because that's, that's who he. That's he's who the he vice is. president. Never there's mind. Not, I'm in news prep one. News prep one. News prep he's one, also, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, news prep one. Yeah. Thank you. That was a very important announcement. Here was the uh, <laughs> here was the state of our union. By the way, I say to the people of our great country and to the members of Congress, the state of our union is stronger than ever before. Um, That was uh, understandable. I would expect the president to say that it's stronger than it's ever been before. He talked about the economy. He talked about the economic numbers. You can't. Here's the problem with the economic numbers. Um, He nailed every single one of them. When he talks about unemployment rates for specific populations in this country, he nails every single one. Listen, of them. we all have strong subjects. Geo- geography was not his, um, <laughs> not knowing where Kansas City is. But you're right. When it comes to money, he doesn't mess around. Two things that he said that that took that I took note of that were directly aimed at the people who are choosing who will be the Democratic nominee. This was the first one. Socialism destroys nations. But always remember, freedom unifies the soul. Now, he was saying that specifically in reference to the, in his words, the true and, and real president of uh, Venezuela who was in the, uh, the gallery at the time, President Guaido, who will also have a White House meeting with the president. But he also, he went on to say that we will never have, as long as he's president, Socialist health care in this country. 132 lawmakers in this room have endorsed legislation to impose a socialist takeover of our health care system, wiping out the private health insurance plans of 180 million very happy Americans. Uh, this is another one Nancy Pelosi in the background is mouthing. To words. those watching at home tonight, I want you to know we will never let socialism destroy American health care. And that's a direct shot at Elizabeth Warren, at Bernie Sanders, at people who would uh, impose a more socialist version of, of universal health care. I found it fascinating that he did not say I didn't think he would say impeachment, but I thought he would allude to it. And I thought that he would definitely call them out for for wasting time on this. That's going to go nowhere, obviously. Uh, and he didn't. He stayed away from the topic completely, much like we saw Bill Clinton do back in 1999 during his State of the Union. Well, and he talked about how this is not supposed to be. And listen, I don't think he sells this very well, considering who he is and how he's a a tweet master, tweet stormer, whatever you want to call it. 
But he said this is not um, about Republicans versus Democrats. This is about advancing America, advancing the jobs in America, the economy of America, the military of America, not one party or the other. And because they said early on this was going to be an attempt at some sort of conciliation, some amount of unity after what we've seen is a very divisive uh, couple of months. Well, that's not what we got. Nope, it's not. And, and and so there's a couple of things that they did that he did yesterday. The president did started 50 years ago when when Reagan was president. I mean, 45 years ago, whatever, when Reagan was president, acknowledging the people in the gallery. They said it was like a reality show in that respect. And I did not agree with that because as you went, as you've mentioned, I've seen other presidents do this. You take your state of the union to honor specific Americans who are there. And yeah. it happens with every state of the union speech. It wasn't a reality show. It wasn't like, ooh, pizzazz. We do this every time. There are there were a couple of first time things that happened. And we'll talk about those. Number one was uh, the acknowledgement that Rush Limbaugh was going to get the Presidential Medal of Freedom uh, at that moment. Here's the thing. He wasn't surprised, even though he acted surprised. And the other one was um, the reunification of a military family, which was an absolutely fantastic moment. They're always great to watch. Reg- one of my most favorite stories to cover. And I knew. I knew it. as soon as he introduced them. Yeah. She's he's on his fourth deployment. He's got two beautiful kids, yeah. and she's been volunteering for other Freaking military Niagara families. Falls. I knew it was coming. Anyway, we'll play those for you and talk about the response. And then, of course, Nancy Pelosi. Um, I guess she wins the day because people are talking about her. But it's a frustrating win. I don't think she wins the day. I thought that that was really embarrassing, and and I expect more from people. Like Nancy Pelosi. We'll do uh, what you watch on Wednesday coming up at the bottom of the hour. Some big news about coronavirus and that Kristen Smart story. Breaking Remember news San coming Luis out Obispo, of that. The Cal Poly student that was killed. Search wardens being executed today. We'll talk about that all coming up. And a thousand bucks to give away. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We'll get back to uh, State of the Union here stuff in just a second. I just wanted to mention that there's a quote that's circulating. There's audio that's circulating. We'll get all into this during Swamp Watch. And it's out of Iowa. And it goes back to the point that I've been trying to make for a long time. You can love Pete Buttigieg, but there's just parts of this country that are not ready for a gay president. That's not me saying that we shouldn't be ready for a gay president. That's just reality speaking. And that woman in Iowa who just found out after she caucused for Buttigieg that he was married to a man and then she wants to pull her vote. That's indicative, unfortunately, of the thinking still in a lot of parts of the country. It's also indicative of how uninformed some of our electorate is. Yeah, I mean, this was a woman who was caucusing. You'd think that she would have enough information as a voter to to know all the candidates, even if she was caucusing for Biden or whatever and realized that he didn't have the numbers and switched to the other moderate and Pete Buttigieg. But still, I mean, to not know that this guy is gay is is, uh, unforgivable at this point. At this point, it doesn't matter because uh, I guess Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders are the two I get finger quotes winners, at least with the numbers that have been released so far from the Iowa Democratic Party. 
Hey, we got a thousand bucks to give away. Here's how you can For win. For your it. chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword coffee, C O F F E E, to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's coffee to 200 200. And remember, you got to pick up the phone. If you don't, they will move on. Looks like it's going to be coming from a 513 area code. Your next chance to win is next hour here on KFI. Every hour, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 620. The strength of Tarzan, no man can say. Oh, Tarzan Wednesday. That's what we're doing. Uh, State of the Union last night, the president's third State of the Union. Yes, he did give a speech when he was first elected, but it's not considered State of the Union. He's still trying to get his... uh, Still trying to get his feet underneath him at that point. This was a couple of the moments from last night. I am proud to announce tonight that you will be receiving our country's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Talking there to uh, longtime talk show host Rush Limbaugh. There were some groans in the audience, but there were, for the most part, uh, polite applause uh, for the people who were in the <clears throat> excuse me in the room. There was a question also about what the Democrats were chanting. Get a bill on my desk and I will sign it into law immediately. Democrats. Democrats stood up and they're holding the number three up and they're chanting H.R. three. The president said, hey, send me a bill and I'll sign it. H.R. three is the name of a bill that they are pushing and they've already passed through the House and is in the Senate right now. Uh, I believe it's named after Elijah Cummings. So that's what they were chanting at that moment uh, when he did that. The other big moment that I thought was was wonderful uh, and pissed me off that Nancy Pelosi would tear this up was the story about Charles McGee. His grandson, Ian, from Arizona, wants to be in Space Force or wanted to be an astronaut or something, but the the president then pays off this story, sitting next to him, sitting next to Ian, is his great-grandfather, Charles McGee, who had just been promoted earlier in the day, just pinned the bars on Charles McGee's shoulder to make him a brigadier general. He was one of our last surviving Tuskegee Airmen who just turned 100 years old. Incredible. And a man that should be honored. And was. And one of those times when the the rare times when it's not partisan applause, everyone in the room, Supreme Court justices, Joint Chiefs of Staff, everyone in that room was standing and applauding Charles McGee. And when Nancy Pelosi at the end of the speech makes this ridiculous, hackneyed uh, sham show by by ripping up the the she had this planned for months ripping up the speech behind the president it's I, it just took away from every single one of those positive moments that could have been done here's the one thing i wanted to see the president do i've wanted to see every president do this in the state of the union and they never have in the midst of all of you know this side's going to stand up and applaud that side's going to that side's going to boo you that my friend in the gallery i've never met before but is it a, a an important uh, illustration of whatever policy I want to push through or I have pushed through, whatever, is to stand there and just, like, ignore the teleprompters for a moment, memorize one quick paragraph on your own, and say something like this. Whether you like me, whether you voted for me, whether you donated to my campaign, or you hate me, you think I'm the worst person in the world, and you're donating all of your time and effort for someone like Bernie Sanders. 
This country allows you, no matter where you're from, no matter what you look like, who you love, and why, this country allows you the freedom to be in this position someday, to be right where I'm standing, to give the State of the Union address to all members of Congress in the entire country. There's nothing that should ever hold you back, and no one should tell you that you couldn't do it. And we, as as adults in the room, owe it to you who voted for us to put all of those petty personality problems aside and continue to work for the betterment of the country so that you, the little kid who's watching this right now next to your parents and may not understand any of the other words I said, that you can, in some day in the future, be right where I'm standing today. Well, you know what? You can jump on the unicorn I've parked outside, take it to the high-speed rail, and go to Washington with that speech with Herb Brooks and a Disney movie called Miracle on Ice because that ship has sailed in Washington, and it's all filled with terrible people. They're never going to hear that. The pendulum's got to swing so far the other way for people to get out of their own way and their own egos to actually care about that kid who's sitting in his living room. So Woody... Uh, from the Woody Show, tweeted last night as he's watching this thing. They've all got to go. Like watching right. Nancy Pelosi totally. rip this thing up. They it just that's proves, exactly what I'm it saying. It just proves there's no no one party no. has has you know any sort of moral high ground now when we're all acting like children. Yes. Start over. Just start over. Start over. Burn it down like the Playboy Mansion. Rip out the carpet. Uh, get rid of the dirty sheets and bleh. let's go. Gary and Shannon will continue. <laughs> Listen, sometimes you're full of urine and, vin- and vinegar. All right. Speaking of, Petro's going to join us. We're going to do the Bachelor Report up next. Gary and Shannon will continue with What You Watch on Wednesday. I like that you Shannon, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you follow uh, all of the hijinks on the show, at Gary and Shannon, on Twitter and on uh, Instagram. And my nipples, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, my nipples, what? Um, A huge, and I forgot to do this on Monday, but a big thank you to everybody who went out to uh, HK's Bar and Grill on Friday for our latest news and brews. We had an absolute blast. Uh, big thanks to Harold for having us out there once again and for everybody who showed up. And for those of you who have been asking us to go to the Inland Empire uh, and spend time with you, there you go. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, and Chris was there as well, and that was nice to see. It's nice to see you out there out in the wild like that. Yeah, that was that meant a lot. Uh, today, we expect the president uh, on the verge of acquittal by the Senate, of course. Afternoon vote, I think 1 o'clock our time is when we expect to see that starting. So uh, we'll get into that. Plane but it, is skidded off the runway where? upon landing in Istanbul. Uh, oh, I thought you meant like one of the coronavirus planes. No, it crashed into a field, broke into three pieces. They're looking for about 120 people, 52 people injured so far. Um, let's do this. Uh I guess there's a problem with Petros. Let's let's do him in, uh, in the second segment. But we're talking because we're getting to what you're watching Wednesday. Just, I don't know the, what the following is. program is brought to you in living color. What you watching in there? Americans love television. They wean their kids on it. USA television much better. You've been watching too many of those live television shows. I started watching the Amazon Prime Ted Bundy documentary yesterday to to feel better and um 
and it's from the female perspective of the woman that he lived with for a long time. Oh, and That's other odd. females in his life and women who have survived his attacks and stuff. And it was riveting. What? Uh, what about Ted Bundy is riveting? I mean, I know it the was, basics it was, of the story. It was the point of view that I thought found riveting. But what is why is he so popular of a subject? Yeah. I think it's because, and I'm, I don't think he was a 10, but he was a relatively good-looking guy. So it's something, and I've said it numerous times, I would have gotten into the car. He was a good-looking guy. He was smart. He was well-dressed. And this is our biggest fear as women, is meeting somebody who you think has no red flags, and they're going to kill you. That's it's it's all about watching these things so you know what to look for so you don't end up falling in love unbeknownst to you with a serial killer. But he's really the one that's the the standout, isn't he? I mean, just in terms of physical attractiveness or or right. not right. Not I appalling. mean, it goes back to wanting crazy to present itself as crazy, and he never did. I suppose. I mean, if you're a young woman, you're living in in Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Or wherever up there, and you meet him at a bar. That has happened to all of us. We've all had that experience, of except for the meet- serial killer part of meeting exactly. But it's like, what do you look out for so you can protect yourself against that as you move forward? And that's on Amazon. Yeah. Did you watch Troop Zero? No. So Viola Davis, um, Allison Janney's in that. Allison right? in that. Yeah. Uh, and, a, and a cute little kid that you would recognize. I couldn't tell you what she's in, but. It's basically uh, a bad news bears meets the Girl Scouts kind of story. It was nowhere near what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be drop dead hilarious. It's not. What is it? I mean, it's, inspirational. It's uh, you know, there's the there's the group of mean girls who are the gr- they're the uh, the scout troop that's you know all put together and they're going to win the talent show. And this girl wants to be an astronaut, and part of what they're going to win at the talent show is the opportunity to uh, to meet astronauts and to work with NASA. And she, that's all she wants is she wants to be an astronaut. So she she pulls together like the the mean uh, bully kid, the, the little fat girl who doesn't say any words, uh, the girl with one eye who's like super evangelical. I mean, they put together this like motley crew of, of kids that you begin to love. And but it's not funny. I mean, it's not as it's heartwarming or something. It can be. Point to the face on the emotions chart of how it made you feel. Well, I was the only one who, at the end of the movie, the little girl who's the main subject of the movie, her or her mother passed away, and um, Jim Gaffigan, the stand-up comedian, plays her father. Hot pockets. Exactly, and and he's you know the goofy dad who you know is really trying hard to raise a girl and Viola Davis works for him and she kind of is the surrogate mom for the whole thing there was a point in the movie spoiler alert where she's talking to aliens and she says to them i hope that she's there with you talking about her mom right mm-hmm. poignant moment and we're, I was watching this with is my wife and daughter. Is that why she wants to work for NASA, to go see her mom? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that's sad. Um, but poignant moment. Not that moment, girls can't like science. At the end of the show, my wife and daughter are like, meh. And I go, wait a minute. What about that last, that last scene with that one line where she's like, did you guys have my mom? And they're like, nah, it didn't hit. Okay. It hit for me. I didn't cry. I didn't cry, just so you know. But it, it When did you watch it? Uh, when we were in Texas. Oh, okay. So there was other stuff going on. There, so okay. Like, 
soon our daughter will be moving out. Right. So there that's, was that. I think that's why you were feeling emotions. Uh, Petros and his Bachelor Report coming up in just a few minutes. We continue with What You Watch in Wednesday. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Continuing with uh, What You Watch in Wednesday. The great Petros Papadakis joins us now. The pride of the fourth floor, the pride of USC, the pride of the one and a half nipple fan club. Was that too much? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 1.5. Uh, well, we uh, we love when Petrus comes on because we get to talk about some of the worst television in the world. Uh, and I, the only headline I saw about this week's episode of The Bachelor was that we finally got an explanation for a head scar that this guy has. Yeah, so... Yeah, well, step aside, you book-smart nerd, because Shannon and I watched this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I was actually looking forward to it. I get home yesterday from Disappointment Central, and... Uh, empty life. And I'm like, you know, a total empty life. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I'm actually excited to sit down and just watch mindless TV for an hour or two. And then I'm like, I'm like losing my life to this show last night as I'm watching it. And then I look at it. At one point, I paused it, and it says it's three hours. And I'm like, what the, the H? So it's three hours. Three hours. Three well, hours. And there's another one uh, tonight, but uh, I will not be here. I'm I'm, I'm not even on. Uh, Petrus and Money today, despite the name. Uh, I'm on vacation. Oh. So, well, thank you, you for taking time for us around. today. That... Well, you know, I'm the pride of the fourth floor, That's which right. is also really sad. <laughs> Empty life. Because <laughs> the pride of the fourth floor hasn't, hasn't showered since last Tuesday. Oh, well. <laughs> I totally believe that. All right, take us through this slog. You know, I take my shower just by sweating and yoga, right? Uh, this is a slog, speaking of hot yoga. Uh, this really was uh, a tough one. But it started out with Peter just buckling like a batch to the absolute cackling hen house. Am I wrong? I mean, he just buckled and sent home that girl, Alea. Remember, he brought her back, and everybody was all mad and snipping and bipping. And they, they – they, got after him so hard that he ran for cover, covering his head, and uh, and sent Alea home, came back with his tail between his legs, and apologized like this. I know how this could possibly come off as, you know, being wishy-washy and not knowing what I want, and I, I get it, but I do know what I want. I promise you that. She was not the one that was meant for me, and... This really, really is tough. This is not easy for me. Um, so I just want you all to know that I I value you all so much. And I hear you. I oh. trust you. And hopefully, you know, you still want to be here. And, and you trust me. And, you know, you feel good about, you know, where we're at. Petros, have you ever said to your wife, in all honesty, in a moment like that, I hear you? I hate it. Or, I hate, or is he's it when, such a 2020 dude. Like, he is so weak stream. I can't even with this kid. God. My stream has become weaker as I've aged. <laughs> well, this show is not helping it at all. 
It no, gets worse. It gets not. worse because he is so 2020. He stabbed himself with a broken glass when he was trying to get onto a golf cart. Yeah, that's why he hit his head. Oh, God. That's, that's what happened. He hit his head on a golf cart and then Kate, like tried to cover his head, but his hand was holding a glass. So he broke the glass against his head. Yeah, like this is that dude. 20, so he, he got 22 stitches. And to answer your question, you know, I may have said that to my wife. I've been to a lot of therapy. Uh, uh, it's sad. But, you know, I'm a complex person. You are. There's a lot of levels to Petra. There's a reason I haven't showered since Tuesday. Uh, now, he... he he immediately takes them international, which means what? They have to send home a couple of black chicks because they never take – they try to minimize the. if I know one thing about watching The Bachelor for the last decade and a half or whatever, it's that they don't take a lot of black people on the road for whatever reason. They just don't. And he cuts two right before he leaves the country. And uh, – then they have like a makeout session in Costa Rica at a cosmopolitan shoot where there's a lot of making out. But there's this girl, Kelsey, and Kelsey's the girl from Idaho with the champagne, Gary, if you remember. Sure. They claim she's 28. I claim she's 35. Ooh. Um, well, and I've said that the wind, you yes. know, is hard and cold that in Idaho. A, and it can. Yeah. That was a good point. Weather, weather yeah. and thin a face out. You really have to go all in with the moisturizer if you're living in one of those environments. Yeah, when you turn, you know, we can all use a little moisturizer these days with the weather. You know, you hear the weather all the time on KFI, uh, top of the hour uh, at the halves and when it breaks. Uh, <laughs> so Kelsey uh, gets called out for being unstable because she cried and drank wine for a whole day. What's the big deal, right? I mean. <laughs> God, that just was because insane. I was upset doesn't mean anything. Just mind your own business. I don't talk about other relationships when I'm with him. I just think a lot of people hold a lot of stuff in. Like, I feel like I'm the only one right now that is actually, like, being vulnerable and expressing my emotions. That's like, absolutely that. That you're the only one that's because doing that. Because you know that. how many people go and cry Because you don't cry so. for four hours a day? But why is that wrong? You handle your emotions differently than I do. I don't need no, to drink myself to death and cry about it for a whole day. I devout once. Because we're not hourly expressing our emotions doesn't mean that we're not vulnerable. But also for you guys to say I'm emotionally unstable. I didn't I don't know that. that. Somebody did. It's people like this that ruin everything. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's people like this. It's people like the freaking goddamn Kansas City Chiefs. Right, right. I was thinking the same thing. It was like, it's people like this oh, who can't find Emmanuel Sanders in open space. You know, it's people like this who don't call a timeout before the half and get some points on the board. It's people you like this that are not satisfied with Thanks, a tie. Thanks, Petra. You going into the half. coming out of the break and he was open. <clears throat> you know what I mean? He was uh, open. Your on third and five, Kittle was open too. It's people Even like this that ruin lost. everything. Even though they lost, your life is still full with love and purpose. All right, we're out of time. No, Tammy versus Sydney. He brought up Alea. He brought up Alea. He brought up Alea. So don't you ever try me one more time, Tammy. I'm so sick of that. If you said that to me one more time, I'm going to lose my on you. I never brought up Alea. No, shut the up, You shut the up. I did it. There were people in that group date, and you said there's someone here that wasn't here for the right reasons. No, you don't think that he was going to ask you? No, I didn't, Tammy. No, I didn't.
somebody yelling? He asked you. It's like I want to know, but I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm just so sick of this. Like, this turned into How such about you a big person. Oh, you can go anywhere without your little posse. Oh, are you serious? Timmy, you are so crazy, yo. You're crazy. Like, you're crazy. Legit, you're crazy. Yo, you're crazy. Oh, my God. Yo. Yo. Oh you're such a diva, Sydney. Oh my God. You're such a princess. Tell me what else you're going off the rails. Timmy, you're yet. Reel it back nuts. in. This is nuts. I can't deal with this. I didn't make it to that part in the episode. I'll be honest. <laughs> I wouldn't want any Yo, of them for my wife. Did you notice how Shannon tried to Matt Damon me in uh, Goodwill Hunting when I told her it wasn't her fault and that everything was going to be okay? Yeah. She was like, we're out of time. That's it. All right. Oh, my God. You're right. I did. You closed off. Like, wow. I did. I shut down because I, I couldn't you. deal with it. I'm going to go I've do a lot long division on the whiteboard and work it out. Yeah. I've been to a lot of therapy. <laughs> and it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Are you talking her down? Well, look, you would expect a quarterback that gets paid that much yep. with teeth that white yep. to be able to see the field that and kind not of even protection. you didn't even need you know, the thing is you didn't even need the points. All you needed points. was a freaking first down or two. I know that. And run some gosh forsaken clock. Run the ball. Stick it's the NFL. You know what I mean? The F and clock runs. And listen, you know? we didn't get enough holding calls. I, I mean, for Mahomes to have the ball in his hand that long, there was holding going on that was not called. P.S. That was not P.I. on George Kittle. Well, they're going to let him, you know, they're going to let him do his thing. The league loves it. He, they gave him the MVP and he played terrible. Yeah. Petros, I have to sit in the room with her for the next three hours. Could we move on to... I'm just letting it, hey, this is, believe me, Gary, I'm doing you a favor. Oh, that's not what's happening. <laughs> I'm just going through the stages, you know, and Petros is helping me with that. Oh, all right. Hey, and- get a nice get a nice bottle of cake bread on ice, and uh, there's going to be an episode you guys are going to miss me for next this week, and then I'll be back next week. All right, we love you, man. Thanks. Happy vacation. Yeah. Hey, yeah, it's a new Jerry and Shannon, KFI AM six forty live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Senators will vote expected sometime about one o'clock today on whether or not to remove the president from office. No one expects them to, uh, but we are hearing from some of the senators now before the decision to vote, and they're explaining exactly what it is that they will, or they're explaining their math on all of this. Mitt Romney, senator from Utah, is the one who is uh, currently on the dais and explaining what it is that he will go into his decision about whether or not to uh vote to acquit the president. You so heard we'll keep an eye on that. In Chris's news, new search warrants have been served at locations in California and in Washington state in the investigation of the disappearance of Kristen Smart. We have chronicled this case. It happened in 1996. She vanished when returning from a party. So new developments to tell you about. We'll get into that coming up next. Oh, a coronavirus update. I'm declaring a public health emergency of international concern. This is a fluid situation. <laughs> You get a cough, please leave the room. This is a class one emergency. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. I'm going to be sick. Virus detected. This potentially deadly virus was now on the loose. 
so uh, good news is we're bringing in more people from Wuhan, China. So I went through four airports over the course of the weekend. And? Uh, Vegas, Dallas, LAX, and uh, Fort Lauderdale. How do you feel? So far, so good. But there were a lot of people wearing masks. Yeah. And those masks don't do us. I... Did you see anybody with like a, a homemade mask? Just like a couple of Kleenex on their face and a rubber band holding it on? I saw some masks that look like they've been through something. You know, maybe they were left over from something else. Uh, maybe they've been worn for a week straight. I don't know, but there were a lot of dirty masks, which grossed me out. Someone rummaged more. through that little seat pocket in front yeah. of them and pulled out, oh, look, a free mask. Loose masks. Ugh. But everyone was very suspicious of everyone else, I felt Why? like. Well, that's fine. You know, you're looking around and you're like checking nothing, for flu-like symptoms. Again, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of fear. I think that's okay. Um, the uh, the plane that uh, – two planes actually landed in Northern California this morning at Travis Air Force Base. And then one of them refueled and made its way down to Marine Corps Air Station Miramar. And that has landed. So we're getting more people in from uh, the Wuhan Area. All passengers there in Miramar will be tested by CDC personnel. They'll be held in quarantine for two weeks. Passengers will not have contact with service members on the base. Any person who develops the symptoms will be transferred off-site for medical care. Now, we saw that it, uh, at March Air Reserve Base where a kid showed up with a fever, and they ended up taking him to a hospital uh, with one of the parents. Not unusual, and they said, listen, fever, kids can get fevers for all kinds of different reasons, so we're just making sure that that's the only symptom because there would be others that would present it if it was, in fact, coronavirus. Travis now, Air Force Base is the landing ground for another plane carrying about 350 Americans. And they're going to, just like they are at Miramar, they're going to stay there on base for at least two weeks, I think is what the uh, the plan is. One person who was diagnosed with coronavirus in Orange County has been released from the hospital. They say doing just fine, a man in his 50s, and he's in good condition, but will remain in isolation uh, while he continues to, you know, live out whatever the, I don't know, the incub- what would be the period, the contagious period, uh, whether it's the two weeks or even longer than that. The number of new cases, they said, is well over 24,000. That's incredible. When I saw that number... I mean, for it to go from last week, we were talking about, what, two to 8,000, I believe, on yeah. Friday to 20,000. Like you've said, it's it just means the number is at a zero. Now, <laughs> the again, 99% of all of this is in China, which is, I, I mean, it's good for the rest of the world. It's bad for China, of course. They said 180 cases have been confirmed outside of China, including Two that ended in death, one in Hong Kong and another in uh, in the Philippines. Up in the Bay Area as well, we were telling you yesterday there are a few people in the Bay Area who have tested positive. Uh, five healthcare workers at Good Samaritan Hospital in San Jose were exposed to the coronavirus while treating a patient there, and they have been sent home to also remain isolated until the 11th of this month. There are two cruise ships filled with people who may be infected, <laughs> one in Japan and one in Hong Kong. And we're talking about, between the two of them, uh, about 9,000 people. That sounds horrific. There's just no way, if that virus exists on those cruise ships, that it has not spread rapidly. We've seen, yeah, because we've seen cruise ship illnesses. 
The Tokyo Olympics organizers are worried because the games open in less than six months. What was it in Rio that was the outbreak at the time? Oh, that was the uh, the, the water that they were in. Oh, it was a wa- they're, that's they're right. swimming in. That's right. They had to it was feces foam. Swim past the floaters mm-hmm. as they were going through. Uh, okay, just a quick update. Um, before we move on to the story about the Kristen Smart investigation and the new search warrants, I mentioned that senators are now on the floor of the Senate arguing on behalf or against conviction, acquittal. Mitt Romney, senator from Utah, does say that he will vote to convict the president. Likely the only Republican senator to do so. And this is not a complete shock. No. Mitt Romney has not been a fan of this president. He's been very outspoken about it. And this is a chance for him to make more of a a name for himself as well. All right. We got a chance at $1,000. We'll tell you how you can win that. Also, that Kristen Smart update and the presidential fitness tests in schools are an opportunity for bullying isn't an opportunity for bullying in I'm, schools. I'm impressed they still do those presidential fitness tests. They're a little antiquated. A little bit. They were Gary, antiquated when we did them. Yes. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. I'm Nathan from Rancho Cucamonga. Chris Little is holding my beer. You're listening to the <laughs> Shen- Gary and Shannon Show, KFI 640, and live everywhere on iHeartRadio app. That's clever. Those are great. Those I remember great. Nathan. I remember Chris holding a beer. That's what I remember. I remember Chris drinking some of it. Gary and Shannon, that's, well, they already said that part. I don't have to say it. Um, we have uh, some news coming up at the bottom of the hour. Presidential fitness tests are going to be maybe put on hold. We just found out that Mitt Romney has announced to the Senate that he will vote to convict the president, at least on one article of impeachment, at least on the abuse of power. So we'll talk about that as we get deeper into uh, the show and Swamp Watch at 1230 because the vote itself is expected sometime after 1 o'clock today, our time. Uh, but we do have $1,000 to win. Here's how you can pick it up. For your chance at 1000 bucks, text the nationwide keyword TALK, T-A-L-K, to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's TALK to 200-200. Got to pick up that phone to pick up $1,000. We are giving away $1,000 an hour from 5 in the morning through 620 at night right here on KFI. Well, there is a possible break in the Kristen Smart case. This is the case of a girl who went missing in 1996. She went to a party. It was the end of her freshman year. She uh, drank too much. There was a report at one point that she was laying on some grass. It looks like a couple friends were going to take her back to her dorm. And then a guy by the name of Paul Flores said, yeah, I'll take her and turned out to be the last one to see her alive. So a lot of suspicion has fallen on him for the 24 years that this case has been active. Uh, here is a, uh, a weird thing. On Friday, we were talking about this case because... There had been some talk, at least in Northern California, where Kristen Smart's family is. There had been some talk that they, the Smart family, had been told there would be some interesting news coming out of the case and that they might want to, number one, hire somebody to speak on their behalf, and number two, plan a vacation to kind of get away. And it turns out that... that's the last thing that you would do. If your daughter has been missing for 24 years, oh, yeah. 24 years and uh, presumed to be dead, the last thing you're going to do is relax while there's possibly something going on in the case. So 
the, the we yes or we Friday talked about it because it it seemed like it had been drummed up and a lot was made out of nothing when it came to just sort of uh, I don't know picking the scabs of the pain there, but today they are serving search warrants in these two states, not just San Luis Obispo County and Washington State, but at least one in L.A. County, and this is important because. The search warrant was served in a home on the 900 block of West Upland Avenue uh, Avenue in San Pedro. And who has lived there since 2010? But Paul Flores, the one who was the last to be seen with Kristen Smart. According to the sheriff's office, the search warrants served today are limited in scope and they're sealed by the court. So by law, they can't tell us any more details about that. Yeah, and the sheriff's office last week, when all of this was coming out... They put out a, a an statement that basically said, yes, we do have – remember, there was a big deal. They had two trucks that uh, supposedly belonged to the Flores family. Well, they'd been in their custody for some time. They were describing that they'd served 18 search warrants since 2011 and described how some of that had been retested for any DNA evidence that may exist, et cetera. But at, the, at that time, since 2011, the physical evidence searches – hadn't turned up anything at least they haven't said anything to us it hasn't turned up any connections between paul flores or any more connections between paul flores and Kristen smart most importantly i I would say is the fact that they have yet to find Kristen smart's body and it doesn't seem just based on what they're looking at here and the locations it doesn't seem like that's what they're looking for today one of the big problems with this case is that it wasn't jumped on by local authorities that they had long gotten a lot of the heat for investigative failures of what have been deemed investigative failures by onlookers i mean remember she was last seen 2 a.m may 25th 1996 and it was not until june of that year june 5th 10 days later at least that police searched her dorm room they thought that she just took off she was this irresponsible college student she was somewhere else doing something maybe took off with a guy somewhere so it was like 11 days by the time they searched her dorm room and his room as well week later but by that time the academic quarter had ended and paul flores had moved all of his belongings out of the room there could have been evidence that was missed because of that lackadaisical attitude that investigators had in a taped interview this guy admitted to previously lying to investigators when he told them that he got a black eye playing basketball he reportedly told investigators he received the entry while fixing his truck then abruptly ended the interview, refused to answer any more questions. Now, why would you lie about a black eye? Why would you lie and change the story from I I hurt myself with a truck to playing basketball? Doesn't make much sense, does it? Unless you're hiding something. Innocent people don't need to lie. If you're innocent, you tell the cops, I was fixing my truck. I was changing the oil and a wrench fell on my face. You don't say I was playing basketball and then go, okay, yeah, no, that was a lie. You're right. I wasn't playing basketball. I was fixing my truck. But I was embarrassed to tell you that I was fixing my truck because nobody likes to have slippery fingers when they're. It just doesn't make sense. Pulling the oil plug. It doesn't. That's. That's not a euphemism. It's a euphemism. Oh, oil. Okay. It sounded like a pan. euphemism. No, no, no. It's not. Not not in this case. I mean, many times I probably would. Have I don't want to hear about pulling uh, the oil plug. No worries. Um, the. Um, when the. Search was being executed at Paul Flores's 
Arroyo Grande home, or I should say his mother's home, there were 15 people who gathered across the street from the house to watch them work, and some people were shouting, dig her up. Okay, I have a question. If you're the one a-hole who thinks that's a good idea, are you? Are do you think that your shouting is number one going to encourage investigators to, as you say, dig her up, or are you just who does that? Who thinks that's a good use of your time on a Wednesday to shout things like that to investigators and to Paul Flores's mom? Where's just go rip up a speech while you're at it. You're a horrible human being. I think it just comes from anger that nothing has been done on the case in so long. And when you're from this community, it's just like remains a big black eye on your community that that Kristen Smart was never found. Um, And a lot of people believe that she was buried and that they haven't done enough excavating of the situation. Um, One of my friends, you know, Katie's sister was at Cal Poly when this was going on. You know, and she just texts me out. Lots going on with the Kristen Smart case today. Yeah. Because if, if you were there, you remember how much of a big deal it was and how it remains a big deal because it was never it was never solved. Especially think about it. I mean, you as a as a college student, there are stories that you remember from those times that were impact just just based on who, yeah. who you were and, and how your brain works at the time. They tend to stand out more. Uh, all right. You remember those California, the, the, the presidential fitness tests that we all had to take in school? Yeah, how many pull-ups you could do? I could never do a pull-up. Made me feel inadequate. What was the, the entire grammar school life? You never did a, a pull-up, not one? Not when I was, uh, you know, 12 taking this test. What about today? I'm going to try it right now in the break on that uh, door. I haven't, I haven't attempted a pull-up. I don't do CrossFit. So. That's in sixth grade, huh? Uh-huh. Okay. Gary and Jan will continue in just a moment. If only yesterday took place tomorrow, I pray for sleep. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. Big news coming out of Capitol Hill is Mitt Romney announcing on the Senate floor that he was breaking with his party. And that he will vote to convict the president. Nancy Pelosi's office is uh, pushing back against uh, Vice President Mike Pence's office. The man that was closest to Nancy the Ripper last night said he believes that she planned all along to rip up the speech. Totally agree with him. This was a planned gimmick that she was going to pull at the end of it. Nancy Pelosi's office said, no, she was moved in the moment. Yeah, regardless if it was planned or if it was unplanned, it was childish and it was embarrassing. Uh, breaking news out of Iowa as well. The Iowa Democratic Party continues to release numbers in drips and drabs from something that should have been done approximately, oh, 40 hours ago. Uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg is still gay. Talk about Oh, wait a minute. There are other numbers. Uh, South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg, still the leader of the race, 26.9% of the delegates. Sanders in second with 25.2. Elizabeth Warren with about 18. Biden with 15. Klobuchar with 12. Yeah. By the way, what's Joe Biden going to do? Joe Biden may be done. That was 
a big blow. I believe his campaign described it as a gut punch. It is just Iowa. It is messy over there. It is just the first, but it's telling that he was only able to get what fifteen point eight percent or whatever. Yeah, um, that's a huge deal. Yeah. And I didn't. According I to these felt, new numbers, it's fifteen point six. Okay. Well, I haven't felt as uh, confident as some people have in Biden being the one to beat Trump. I mean, to me, he just his heart's not in it. He's of course making the same flubs that he has made his whole career, but. He seems angry with voters in Iowa in particular. And I just don't see, see him having it. I don't see him having the fight in him when it comes down to debate time. It doesn't sound like he's very good at what he's what he should be doing. I mean, his speeches are hard to follow. It's yeah. And, and I've heard this multiple times. Iowa doesn't necessarily pick who will be the winner no. or who will be the nominee. But you they come definitely, in at least third. <laughs> yes, they definitely tell you who's going to be in the top three or four because that means that people like Andrew Yang and Tom Steyer and Tulsi Gabbard and Michael Ben, I mean, they're done. They're out of it. They're done. And it's it's weird to me that they continue to campaign in New Hampshire, but that's, you know, they've got the money, I suppose, to do it. And the big thing is they're doing town halls tonight and tomorrow, I believe, on CNN. Deval Patrick has a town hall on CNN. He's still running for president. Uh, that was news. That, uh, was, that was news to me. Just and then now. the debate on Friday night that they're going to have in New Hampshire. All right. Remember those presidential physical fitness tests you used to do in grammar school? Well, apparently they're still happening. You know, how many pull-ups can you do in one minute? How many push-ups can you run a mile? Stuff like that. Very rudimentary fitness test to, you know, keep the kids... Uh, in shape, let them know it's important. It's important to the country that they stay in shape and all of that. Well, Gavin Newsom wants to halt these tests for three years because bullying and potential discrimination against the disabled and non-binary students. Did you see that mf at the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, dressed like he was going to... Uh... A funeral. He and his wife were wearing just black jackets instead of repping the city that he represented, the state. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's not like it was San Diego or a city that he doesn't really have a connection to. He was mayor mayor of San Francisco. Of San Francisco. It made me so angry to see that. But anyway, um, here's the other thing. (laughs) Concerns over bullying and potential discrimination against disabled and non-binary students. We're not even getting reports of discrimination against disabled and non-binary students. But just the idea that maybe it might happen at one point. Somebody might have said maybe that's going to happen in the future. Here's the thing. The state reports of this test show a steady decline in the share of students scoring healthy. Yes, we're fat and out of shape. And yes. we're getting fatter and outer of shaper. And it's a trickle-down theory in terms of parents being out of shape and that trickling it down to par- to kids. Kids are also not as active as they used to be. They're not running around the way we did on bikes after school and, and playing. There are a couple kids in my neighborhood that do play ball in the streets, and I love it. But for the most part, you know, video games, screens have taken over this kind of crap that we used to do. Did you walk to school? Yeah. I walked to school all the time. The only time I was driven to school is if I was going to be taken out for a a doctor's appointment or or I was late, whatever. That's the only time I was ever driven to school. But every day when I go home from here, I have to drive by an elementary school. 
that's, you know, home to, I don't know, six, 800 kids, however many are there. And it's in the middle of a pretty dense neighborhood. The cars are lined up for a mile for people who are there to pick up their kid. And it makes me, it concerns me that people are so willing to drive their kid everywhere. Do you think it's a degradation of society and people are just nervous about who will see their kids walking to and from school? Or do you think it's laziness and parents capitulating to that? I think it's laziness disguised by the, but I don't want anybody to come and kidnap my children. I see. Which, by the way, doesn't happen but I, but I, that's what I think. It's a laziness thing. I have a little family on my block, and they walk with their kids to the school. Also, very which is possible. Sweet. But yeah. but it, I mean, this is we're lucky to be in the in the neighborhood where that can happen. That they've like you, you've got you know someone, mom or dad or both, that can walk with their kids. This is the the idea that in the last five years, the percentage of fifth graders scoring healthy in the aerobic category dropped by three percentage points. Seventh and ninth grades, 4.4%, 3.8%. The needing improvement and even health risk went up, 3.3 percentage points. Now, part of the bullying issue here is you're doing things with, well, there comes a time in a, in, in a child's life when their body is different than it was before. And part of the setup of the presidential fitness tests lead to ridiculous displays in front of your classmates. For example, at Sells Worthless on Twitter said, the most succinct example of embarrassment while doing the presidential fitness test. You know, you have to sit there and someone holds your feet. You do your sit-ups in 60 Uh seconds. Yep. Quote, sit and reach. I sat, I reached. I farted. I ruined the fifth grade. I knew that story was going there. (laughs) There Um, But here's the other thing that I think is kind of a dangerous thing. In sports, there is a degree of what we now consider bullying. Yeah. That's not bullying. It's just what happens when you play sports. competition. It's competition. And if we start draining all of these kids of a competitive spirit, we screwed. Yeah. Well, listen, one of the... One of the jokes that came out of the Iowa caucuses the other night was, why don't we just give everybody a participation ribbon? That's what they want anyway, right? That's kind not the happened. way we, that's not it's true, <laughs> but that's not the way it that's not the way things are. And sports is a great example that there are winners, there are losers. It's a yes. good thing to go through. It's a good thing to to want to win. I don't think it's a bad I don't think we should be telling people it's bad to want to be a winner and that if you're a winner, you're suddenly bullying somebody else just because you won, right? You know, I and I, I mean, just, I wouldn't go so far as to put up a list of the fifth graders and sh- and say uh, Jimmy and Susie led their respective genders in terms of the sit and reach, but because I don't, I'm trying to think back. I don't remember who was who had the most pull. No. I, I don't remember any of that stuff. It's not like it was embedded. But if I did something that was embarrassing, or if I if I knew that I would be pointed at and laughed at if I wasn't doing anything to get better that's a motivator again that doesn't sound right because it sounds like i'm encouraging bullying but it's not bullying though like the, the the umbrella of bullying has become so big it's insane 
And and to tell kids that they're being bullied when they're not is also not good for them. Yeah. It's it plays into this whole victimhood that we've fallen into in 2020, where everyone wants to be victimized because it's in. Like I'm a victim of this, or I'm a victim of that, and how come this always happens to me? That's a really bad way to look at life, and it's going to do you no favors. When we come back, if you're looking for a job, we have a little uh, we have a little gas jobs alert coming up. Um. We need, job. we need you to test out a new airport terminal. And guess what you'll get for it? Mm. Guess what the compensation is? We'll tell you all about Free it. airline tickets? When we come back. Free coronavirus. Gary and Shannon will return. Well, I don't know what I don't know, so I kick my shoes off and run. mistake about it that's a great term that's what i that's what i referred to him this season oh <laughs> that's some imports gary and shannon kfi am 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio radio app we'll get into uh, a couple of things going on in washington today obviously last night the state of the union uh a lot of people have been fact checking the president's speech saying it was full of half truth and non-truth and a tiny bit of truth um, that some of the acknowledgments of the people in the gallery were totally dramatic and unnecessary. By the way, every president does that since Reagan. And then Nancy Pelosi puts herself on the front pages by tearing up the speech standing behind the president and then suggesting that it was a spur-of-the-moment decision to do that, which is BS. We'll talk about that. Also, Mitt Romney has announced that he will vote to convict Trump, uh, the president, on at least one of the impeachment uh, articles of impeachment against him, the abuse of power. So we'll hear from the senator coming up at uh, 1230. Well, there is a new part of LAX that is going to be opening up. It's called the Midfield Satellite Terminal. It's currently under construction there, and they want to do a test run before this thing opens up this summer. They're looking for 500 people to go to the newest concourse and behave like you would if you were traveling. All part of a readiness drill. They want they want you to act not like a normal flyer because they you know they figure they can build a terminal that will handle normals. They want people to act sick or like the dad traveling with four out of control kids or grandma who can't get out of the wheelchair people who volunteer will be asked to do what flyers do every day at lax catch a flight except you'll be heading to this new terminal it's got 12 new gates they've never been used and there will be planned obstacles along the way they're gonna write scenarios (laughs) uh the la world's airport strategic advisor robert gilbert who grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons, says with 150 (laughs) to 300 people going through the concourse, some will be in wheelchairs, some will be young people racing for the gate, some will be elderly. The whole thing is to make sure that emergency responders and airline staff members and the people running the concession stands, the equipment, they know how to operate and navigate through this concourse that will be connected to the Tom Bradley terminal by way of a 
1,000-foot tunnel. So you're going to start by filling out a volunteer survey, which asks for a bunch of your information, including your driver's license, passport numbers, the whole thing. You're going to be there for half a day. So you have to go to LAX, even though you don't have to go to LAX. Like, you're going to LAX on your own time to help them develop this new terminal, right? You're being told to act like a crazy person or sit in a wheelchair or or be sick or whatever. And then you got to give them all your information. And so you're like, well, what's the compensation for this, Gary and Shannon? A meal. A meal. They're going to give you a beverage and a meal. You're going to go to LAX on your own time to help them figure their ass out. Yeah. And they're going to give you one of those pre-made turkey sandwiches that may or may not make you sick for a weekend. Yeah. A questionably aged mayonnaise on that sandwich. And all you have to do is give them half a day your social security number, your driver's license, your passport number. Who the hell is going to show up for this? This is funny. I mean, I... When you put it that way, going to LAX when you don't have to go to LAX sounds like a nightmare. Even if they're going to do something to bring, like if they were, if they were to open up a microbrewery in this terminal and do nothing but play baseball games back to back to back, it's still a slog to get there, to park your car, to do the whole thing. Who hasn't stopped picking up their loved ones from LAX? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, honey. And you know, you know, like if if, if your wife's coming in and you, she looks at you and she's like, yeah, what time do I land? I land at 540. And you just look at her and she looks back like, I know I would never ask that of you. Yeah. Well, why don't we plan on this? You land, grab yourself some dinner, hang out, maybe walk down to the Uber Century lot? Boulevard a little bit <laughs> just to get out of the... Like we flew when we flew from uh, we flew to Texas, we flew out of Burbank. Oh, that's Even the best. parking off site, I walked from the terminal to the parking lot to pick up the car. I mean, just it's it's, it's so easy. It's and I don't know why you would walk. The shuttles are pretty regular there. I know, but that's the thing is, even with the shuttle as regular as it is, yeah, it's it made just, just as much sense to walk yeah. down the street two blocks to get my car. All right, we'll talk trending when we come back to Gary and Shannon. So I just got a text message, or I guess a Instagram DM from Kansas City. I was sitting in a section with Niner fans, Kansas City fans. It was such a better non-corporate experience at the Super Bowl than New Orleans was. New Orleans, I was sitting next to guys in polo shirts and girls in dresses who didn't care about the game. Some of them just there to see the halftime show and see Beyonce. But this time, I felt like I was surrounded by diehard football fans. And in front of me was this couple from Kansas City. And they were so sweet. And you could tell they were so invested in the whole game. They didn't yell loud. They weren't on their feet the whole time. But they would look to each other often with these just glances of how much this game meant to them. You know, and they would get nervous. And, and, and then when, when Mahomes was doing his thing in the last six minutes of the fourth quarter, they started to get excited. And they're holding on each other. And, they're, and they won. And I just, it felt good watching them that you know? was a positive and so i take their picture yeah. and i post it and for some weird social media reason their daughter by the way their last name or her last name is hoffman yeah i saw that uh odd so she 
comments on my picture of of this couple of like at least i got to see this this was pretty cool she says those are my parents 32 year season ticket holders thanks for taking their best picture ever hashtag i am crying so she just texted me hey can you send me a copy of that i want to get it framed for their anniversary uh so anyway awesome yeah well that's good news yeah, it was really sweet. Uh, D.C. is busy. We'll do Swamp Watch at 1230. Uh, at 1.30 today, Justin Warsham, host of the Dad Podcast, is going to talk to us uh, about being good cop, bad cop parenting and why that's not a great idea for the marriage. Maybe okay for parenting, not good for the relationship with the wife. Or right, because you always get to be the good guy. Yeah. My parents were kind of like that. I always get to be the good guy? My parents were kind of like that with us. Like, my dad was the good guy, and he would never, uh, you know, yell at least oh, with me, and it was all on my mom, and uh, I think it, it caused maybe a little consternation. Uh-oh. Well, maybe we, sh- we should have them on and we could talk through it. No. <laughs> what else is going on? <laughs> Time for What's Happening. Two jets carrying about 350 Americans taking off from the coronavirus zone in China landed today at Travis Air Force Base up in Northern California. This is in Fairfield, about 50 miles from San Francisco. Uh, and then one of those planes refueled and made its way on down to Miramar today. And they will be – so you're going to have one plane of people quarantined at Travis, one a plane of people quarantined at Marine Corps Air Station Miramar down near San Diego. Um, that's on top of the other people who are going to be quarantined at uh, March Air Reserve Base out in Riverside as well. Mitt Romney making news this morning because he was on the floor when he announced that he was going to vote to convict the president. Of course, today we're going to have the historic vote on two articles of impeachment. The grave question the Constitution tasks senators to answer is whether the president committed an act so extreme and egregious that it rises to the level of a high crime and misdemeanor. Yes, he did. Okay. Uh, He's probably the only Republican who is going to vote to convict. Uh, And according to the reports, it's only on one of the two articles of impeachment, just the abuse of power. Um, If that's the case, clearly it's not. I mean, no one expects the president to be convicted today uh, based on the vote because there would have to be 20 Republicans who jumped to vote with Democrats to convict. Well, the Iowa caucus chaos seems to be at least working itself out a little bit. Pete Buttigieg, Bernie Sanders sit atop the field in partial returns from the Iowa caucuses. This is about 71 percent of returns. How do you screw up the thing that is as small as the Iowa caucuses? I don't know. Not a lot of people involved. Even if you've only got 16, 1700 caucus sites that need to report. Why it's taking days for them to release these numbers. They had, yesterday at about 4 o'clock, 2 o'clock our time, they announced that they were going to release 62%. A few hours later, they came up to 71%. As of this morning, they just released, now they're at 75%. Here's a problem. If the number of percentage continues to diminish like that, it's going to take them a week and a half for, to get full numbers out of iowa it's not good for iowa because iowa holds this up as look we are important we matter in this country and if you're going to screw up this few people voting you're going to have problems when it comes around next time and they also relied on an app that hadn't even gotten a test drive before and what could go wrong and the state of nevada was going to use that same app until yesterday yesterday they announced hey you know what we're gonna we're gonna do it the right way 
and we're going to kill the app. Good good call. I uh, think they've got to go to like four Super Tuesdays. That's it. And just do regional primaries like this, you know, split them up somehow. Because doing them on the onesies and twosies, especially a weird caucus system like that. The winners may not be clear, but the loser is. And the loser is Joe Biden. I mean, to come in fourth like that, when you have that kind of name recognition, it could be the end. Uh, WNBA champ and Olympic gold medalist Lisa Leslie, one of the uh, just absolute groundbreakers when it came to women's basketball a longtime friend of Kobe Bryant said that Kobe was changing people's perceptions about women's basketball, in, in part because of uh, his daughter's interest in basketball and uh, 13-year-old Gianna, who was also lost in that helicopter crash. Now, Gail King was the one who did this interview on CBS this morning uh, at Lisa Leslie's home in Florida and is getting some pushback or at least some negative feedback for asking Lisa Leslie about the allegations against Kobe Bryant from 2003. He he was never like... This is Lisa Leslie's response. He he was never like that. I just never see... have ever seen him being the kind of person that would be... do something to violate a woman or be aggressive in that way. That's just not the person that I know. But Lisa, you wouldn't see it, though. As his friend, you wouldn't see it. And that's possible. Mm -hmm. She goes on and uh, says, should the media back off on this? And Lisa Leslie directly looks at Gail King and says, yeah, he's dead. Like, we need to stop hanging this over his legacy. I told you this before. The I, I was not, I'm not a big basketball guy anyway. Kobe was not my thing. It wasn't like I'm not – I wasn't uh, – it's, it's a horribly sad story, especially he and his daughter and he's coaching his daughter. That's sad story. But you can't talk about the story of Kobe without mentioning that that episode happened in his life. Now, my thing is – if if that's the only allegation that came against him and go back and read his statement of of uh, his conciliatory statement after the settlement. And again, a settlement, whatever, say it means he's guilty, whatever. What if total possibility? What if? He changed like what if up to that point he felt he was entitled to those types of things? He felt he was entitled to relationships with women. He felt he was entitled to have sex with whoever he wanted to have sex with. And then realized from that point on, holy crap, I have a wife. And at that time, I had, he had a he had one daughter, I think. It's quite possible. It's not we're not black or white here. I mean, we live in the gray area. We're all humans. We all make mistakes. I don't know what happened. I wasn't in that hotel room. Her statement was very graphic. Yes, it was now 17 years ago. And did he go on to do amazing things for women and girls in sports? Yes. Uh, I don't think you weigh those against each other. At the very most, it was an assault. At the very least, it was uh, consensual sex behind his wife's back. But uh, I think you're going to hear about that interview for a long time. Because Gail King held her feet to the fire. I mean, there were follow-up questions there. Yeah, it it gets awkward. That whole interview gets awkward. All right, let's talk about a sex dungeon in someone's parents' basement to just, you know. Cleanse her <laughs> this guy's name is Ray Rodeo the Third, because uh, that's a proud family name. He turned twenty-two women to prostitution by luring them in on social media and then getting them hooked on heroin and crack. Talk, talk about Dottie Sandusky in that basement. He kept these women in his parents' basement for a long time, and they never turned him in. They never said anything. How do you have twenty? If your son had twenty-two girls in your basement. You would know. 
right? Well, first of all, he would have to build the basement. That would be one thing. I would notice a lot of digging. That's one thing. <laughs> uh, but second, yes, that seems like a lot of women to be changed. This is and, our fourth dungeon story in as many weeks. Well, it's Nick. Nick is. Nick, do you belong to some sort of dungeon news site? Good on you. When we come back, speaking of sports, some hot sports takes, and uh, we will not talk about. That. We're not going to talk about we're the game. Talk about we're, that. we're done with that. We're moving forward. We're going to talk about the new mission of this show, which is to get Pete Rose back into baseball. Yeah. Oh, and the other baseball news, which is probably uh, pretty high profile compared to the Pete Rose thing. The but trade. Th- yeah, that Mookie Betts is going to play for the Dodgers. I know. And David Price. This is ridiculous. And we're saying goodbye to some key guys too. Yeah. Well, you're not a Dodgers fan. True. I'm trying to pretend like I... Okay. Gary and Shannon will continue. <laughs> I'll see your chance at $1,000. Black holes, solid ground. Black holes, solid ground. A thousand voices set on free. Because this silence is killing me. I'm still alive beneath the rubble. A wretched soul in a sea of trouble. I'm out KFI AM 640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. President Trump on the verge of acquittal by the Senate. An afternoon vote bringing to end the only, only the third presidential impeachment trial in American history. In as many decades. No, I'm just kidding. For <laughs> the second time in as many decades. Uh, we'll talk more about that at Swamp Watch. Um, also, State of the Union, and then also the app that completely blew up the Iowa caucuses. Uh, Ryan Burrow has been covering the story. We'll revisit uh, with him for the for the third time in as many days. No, no, no. Yeah, Chris. No, I have to know the rules to break That's right. the rules. That's no, right. you can't. No, you have to break the rules for a specific reason. I just did. No, you, no, I did. Just the reason was to piss you off. <laughs> okay, that I makes gotcha. me so happy. <laughs> I fell into that. Uh, Chris was correcting my grammar. Uh, he came in here during the break and he says uh, to me, "It's just not. Don't say for the fourth time in as many weeks. It's four times. Four times in the last four weeks, or four or, times in as many weeks, because four counts the weeks and yes. four counts the times, but not fourth. Not because it would be for the fourth time in fourth weeks. That's exactly right. Why can't you switch it up and make it fourth sometimes and, and four another time in the other in the other clause? Well, you could if you were drinking. Wow! See how serious he gets, you guys. Time for some hot sports takes. <laughs> for your chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword. <laughs> Bank, B-A-N-K, to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's bank to 200-200. If you win for the second time in as many weeks, make sure that you answer the phone. uh, Because if you don't answer, they'll move on to somebody who will and give them the $1,000. You can listen to KFI for the winning keyword every weekday, 20 minutes after every hour between 520 in the morning, 620 p.m. at night. Before we get to our hot sports takes, uh, I feel like Nick is sending mixed messages with his water bottle. What do you mean? Where did you get that? It's all I have. (laughs) I don't care that he continues to repeat how poor he is in here. So all I have. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hey, at least I'm not like that lawmaker from Tennessee who had a uh, Hershey's bottle filled with water. This is true. I have an actual water bottle. Let's get now. Hot it's all I have. Touchdown. <laughs> Three point shot. Home run. Hat trick. Something from golf. Uppercut. 
All gas, no brakes. It's time for Gary and Shannon's Hot Sports Takes. Uh, Big, big trade. Uh, I guess it's not official technically, but Mookie Betts and David Price, outfielder for uh, for the Red Sox, pitcher for the Red Sox, coming to the Dodgers. I'm worried about this Kenta Maeda thing. I mean, he's your number three pitcher. We already need help with starting pitching. I just don't know. Blake, what do you think? Well, my guess is they did it because of payroll situations. To get rid of Maeda? Yeah. My guess is that's probably why. I don't know for certain. I didn't look at all the details. I just feel like that's an area where we need we need more help. Um, you know who else leaves? I think David Price is supposed to help with that. Uh, yeah. uh, Alex Verdugo is going to leave to go, I'm assuming, go to Boston. I know that there are other teams involved. I think Minnesota's mixed in there as well. But Jock Peterson also leaves. He'll be going to the Angels in, I guess, different trade though. half different, not affiliated trade. Uh, as a fan favorite, a fan favorite, not the fan favorite, but a fan favorite, it's going to be tough for Dodgers fans to see Jock Peterson go. But he's just down there. It's not like he went to Pittsburgh. Did you see Mike Baca's post on this? No. I did see that he's uh, upset. He's a huge fan. We've talked to him. He, uh, the guy up in Chico who reported on the um, uh, the Paradise Fire, the campfire up in Paradise for us. Uh, so eloquently, a little more than a year ago. A huge Dodger fan up there. And I know that he's been... Con- uh, consternation uh, was his sort of go-to feeling because he didn't want to be upset again by he, the Dodgers. He said, none of this will matter if Seager keeps swinging at sliders down and in off the plate and Bellinger keeps hitting 169 in the postseason and Dave Roberts continues getting the yips in October. None of it. I mean, it's true. Look, Mookie Betts is arguably the second best player in the entire league behind Mike Trout. And David Price, when he's healthy, can be an absolute lights-out pitcher. But is that what you're going to get? The other thing that's hanging over the Red Sox right now is the fallout from the Astros cheating scandal. Because Alex Cora, of course we know, spent his time with the Astros was apparently bringing that type of information to the Red Sox, and they may have been um, been tipping off their hitters to whatever the pitcher was going to throw as well. Cheating. Now, speaking of cheating, Pete Rose Pete, is back in the news. Pete Rose bet on his team to win. That's right. what Pete Rose did for the love of God. This is a guy who is still the all-time leader in hits. Switch hit, Switch hitter won three rings Three batting titles, one MVP, two gold gloves, Rookie of the Year award, 17 All-Star appearances at five positions, you guys. And he is not allowed to be in baseball since 1989. Today, he and his attorneys asked the commissioner to remove his name from baseball's ineligible list, which would allow the all-time hits leader to be considered for induction into the Hall of Fame. They argued that... The commissioner has recently opted not to punish players guilty of major game-changing rules infractions. And as a result, Pete Rose's 30-and-a-half-year game ban, or a baseball ban for gambling on uh, baseball when he was manager of the Reds, should just end. I couldn't agree more. If you had asked me 10 years ago, I probably would have said, yeah, you know, I I do think Pete Rose should stay out. But considering the way... The way this has after gone the down. steroid scandal, I wanted to revisit it. Yeah, you know, baseball is 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 not as clean as it is let on. 
I'll have you know. Throw out there, Shoeless Joe Jackson also. As well, yeah. Didn't do anything. The Black Sox. Didn't do a thing. Other than play amazing. Fighting court battles that took place 102 years ago. There's posthumous (laughs) things all the time. That's That's the one I want. Excellent point. All right. Excellent. Swamp Watch, when we come back, a lot to talk about. We'll unpack the State of the Union, Nancy Pelosi being a four-year-old, and what the hell went down in Iowa. Also, Biden, I don't want to say one foot in the grave Mm. because he's an older gentleman. But it didn't look good for him what happened in that fourth place finish. Gary and Shannon will continue. I'm a little bit steady, but still a little bit rolling stone. Did some good work here today. (laughs) Gary and Shannon. Guys, you want to seal the deal with the girl. You got to drive the distance. Especially for Valentine's Day. Got to show the interest and drive the distance. Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app is where you hear the Gary and Shannon show. So Wednesday, February 5th, coming up uh, next hour, we're going to give you an update on coronavirus. A couple of planes landed here in California, two plane loads. We'll talk about where they are, how long they're going to be under quarantine. Also, next hour, we'll get into uh, some of the post-lunch details about the Harvey Weinstein trial. I heard John and Ken talking about this yesterday. Uh, and, I mean, there's some stories that only John and Ken can do justice for, and that's one of them. The descriptions of... of they handled nasty-ass stories really well. Yeah. Uh, speaking of not handled well, Iowa is where we start our Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Well, here we are, a day and a half after we should have known all of the numbers, and the Iowa Democratic Party is just out with 75% of the results from the Iowa caucuses. Uh, No big change over the last, uh, say, 22 hours. Pete Buttigieg, leader of the race with 27% of state delegates, Bernie Sanders, then Elizabeth Warren, and then Joe Biden in fourth. The big story being why it's taken so long to get this information out. Ryan Burrow is joining us. Uh, spent some time in Dubuque, I understand, and then maybe some some Des Moines in there. How and... was your time in Iowa, Ryan? Oh, it was absolutely wonderful, and it keeps going. I'm in Illinois again. I finally crossed the Mississippi River, and I'm back in uh Back in my home state, but uh, this story just continues to drag on. Only 75 per- I thought when they were going to step it up to the next level, we'd go up to, you know, 90%, not right. additional 3%. I mean, we really haven't moved the needle all that far, but uh, they're making sure to dot every I and cross every T as they look at these belts. Now, look, there there are paper trails of all of this stuff, so, um, you know, I'd... I, I, the the idea that they're you know swinging votes one way or another is probably not very likely. I mean, I know exactly how people voted at the caucus that I was at. We saw the numbers that all played out right in front of me, and those were the numbers that they attempted to submit uh, to Des Moines. And you know, to be honest with you, you should be able to go back and reference all of those just to make sure there was no funny business. But they are going through this long, slow process just to make sure everything is right and no one questions uh, the transparency of of how this goes down. What's the deal with this app? What went wrong there? 
Yeah, it's a group called Shadow Inc. They were hired by the Iowa Democratic Party. Uh, They've been hired by other groups as well, uh, including some of the campaigns. I know uh, the Mayor Pete campaign has used it. I believe Amy Klobuchar's campaign uh, has used this uh, organization before. Um, Nevada was supposed to use it in their upcoming caucus as well as um, Texas. So, uh, it's it's a company that was uh, funded, at least, or started up by a couple Clinton supporters from 2016. There were some Google guys who were involved in this project as well. It was a for-profit tech startup, and uh, the goal was to create an application that would be safe and secure, that people at these precincts would be able to enter the information. This would be the precinct captain. Get it off to Des Moines in real time so we could see what the first alignment was, the second alignment, and finally uh, the the state uh, delegate equivalent, and obviously that didn't happen. They had all the numbers. Everyone had it in hand. The people did fine. It was the, the technology that failed them. It just seems so bizarre that they couldn't get uh, a backup system, whether it was an app, the phone system that didn't work, why they could not get these numbers out quicker. Well, the, the backup was the phone, and unfortunately, when you've got 1,700 people calling in these numbers at the same time, uh, it didn't quite work out. That's why, uh, you know, I, I ended up sitting there with the secretary of the, the precinct or, for, or the caucus uh, for two hours, uh, and she still wasn't able to get through. I mean, her, her phone, she went to her car, and she was still on hold waiting to get through. So uh, it was just a mess all the way around. No one looks good. And what the purpose of the primary is... Uh, especially in Iowa. Look, we're talking about a state that has less than 2% of the main delegates that we'll even see at this convention here. We're talking about a state that's predominantly white, maybe not as reflective of the United States of America as some of the other states. Yet, it is the first one, and the goal of that first one is to get that primary speech. Who won the the caucus speech? Who won? That person's going to get face time on that first night and help propel them to the next next stage. And it never happened. Everyone came out and spoke. Everyone was victorious or everyone was a loser. I don't know. However you want to look at it. (laughs) One of the big stories coming out is the audio of the woman who caucused for Pete Buttigieg. And then you can overhear her talking to another woman about the fact that uh, Pete Buttigieg is married to a man. And the woman says... What? Yes, and um, yeah. wants to change her vote. Uh, is that getting a lot of play too over there? I, I saw. I saw the video. Um, you know, th- there were a lot of interesting conversations going on at the caucus that I was at. There was one woman who was uncommitted, and literally, I mean, it was like, uh, you know, throwing uh, throwing meat to the wolves. I mean, she was just getting hounded and surrounded by everyone. So um, you go. You you've got people coming in with a lot of knowledge and information. You've got other people who maybe don't have a ton of information and they want to learn something. Um, the process itself, though, I mean, we, we've been talking about it back here. It's it's fun to watch. It makes for great television. You see people shift from one side of the room to the other. You hear hooting and hollering and cheering once someone is uh, deemed a viable candidate. But I mean, we're talking when all is said and done, they're about 17 percent of the Democrats actually caucused for Iowa, uh, 17 percent in Iowa. I mean, it's, that's low turnout. If you had a primary with 17 percent turnout, you'd have some real problems. But you do it on a Monday night. People who work at night can't go to it. You've got older people who need to get there. You've got uh, young adults who maybe have children who can't find babysitters. I mean, it's it's a struggle. I mean, it's cool to watch, but on the other hand, is it really a good reflection of Democrats in Iowa? Do you think somebody loses their job as a result of what has become a debacle? 
Oh, absolutely. I think that uh, Iowa Democratic Chairman uh, Troy Price is probably going to fall on the sword. I mean, he said it was unacceptable and said that he was responsible. So, yeah, I think it'll probably ultimately fall on him. The question is, are they even going to do this again in four years? Are they just going to switch to a primary? I mean, there are already other states licking their chops saying, we'll do the first. We'll be the first. Right. You know, so we'll see. Ryan, thank you. Appreciate it. You got it. Ryan Burrow there for the third time in three days. That's how you do it. Right? That's how we do it? Yeah. Not the third time in as many days. No. You could say he's joined us three times in as many days. Three times in as many days. Uh, Joe Biden took it in the shorts and admitted as much in a uh, in a rally that he was holding in New Hampshire. I am not going to sugarcoat it. We took a gut punch in Iowa. The whole process took a gut punch. But look, uh, this isn't the first time in my life I've been knocked down. Okay. If we're upset about politics, right? I mean, we talked about the State of the Union and how unsatisfying all of it was, how people were acting like children in the uh, State of the Union. We've been watching what's been going on with the impeachment, uh, the the vote that's coming up a little bit later. There seems to be a need for some, if nothing else, cosmetic changes to the way that we do this. That in four years, in fact, I have written down a plan that I, I put wrote it on this paper if you would take a look at it. A plan for four regional primaries to take place before the 2024 election. Each of those regional primaries will then you know be split up in maybe Southwest that includes California, and then you've got the Midwest and then the Northeast and then the Southeast, all of the four different plans well, they, they, like this. This'll never work. It makes too much sense. We don't do sensical things in this country. I thought you were going to rip it up. Thank you for not ripping it up. Because no, this, that would make these, me are, feel these bad. are Chris Little's grammar rules. Oh, oh, oh come on. Watch it. Come on, Nancy. We don't have to be a child about it. <laughs> uh, right. There are more pages than that of my grammar Oh, my God, rules. I know. I've got four <laughs> copies somewhere. All right, uh, more Swamp Watch when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Coming up after Chris's news at the top of the hour, we've got two plane loads of Wuhan evacuees that have landed in California today. We'll get all the details from Alex Stone. Well, it looks like we're just a few minutes away from the Senate voting on the two articles of impeachment. Senators have had a few hours this morning to go through and explain their arguments their decision as to where they're going to vote. Mitt Romney came out, announced that he would vote to convict on the article of impeachment that charged the president with abuse of power. Uh, Chuck Schumer, the Senate minority leader, just wrapped up his speech. And now Mitch McConnell has taken to the floor to uh, to speak. And he'll be the last one before they actually take their vote. So that could happen sometime very, very soon. The uh, the State of the Union last night was about what you might expect. One of the things that did not cross the president's lips was the word impeachment. And I wasn't convinced that he would use that word. I don't think he wants to give it any more gravity than it has. But I was convinced 
that he would make some sort of mention of the fact that ever since he's been in office, there have been a lot of Democratic lawmakers that have been kind of one sided and just wanting to get rid of him and that they have not focused on the work of the people. They haven't focused on the things that the people elected them to go to Washington and to do that. They've been so obsessed with getting him out of office that, you know, those things have gone by the wayside. And I I thought that he would make mention of, well, I'm building up the economy. They're wasting your time with this hoax or witch hunt or whatever. The words that he's been using to go after. Um, The other thing about it that's frustrating, and it's not just the State of the Union or just the impeachment or just what we've seen for the last two or three years, it's that I can be, I, as a person, as a voter, as a a citizen, I can be upset with the lack of movement by Washington, D.C. and frustrated at what we saw last night on full display, which is you've got people on that side way over there, and you've got people on that side way over there. And they rep- represented by just the just the worst qualities of both parties. Well, right? and then the two leaders of those parties, one of them won't shake hands with somebody he disagrees with politically. And the other one is has a temper tantrum at the end, like a four year old and rips up the, the speech. Uh, I, I, what, what are we doing here? Can't yeah. we ask them to at least be grown ups? Disagree. You're divisive. This this country is split in two. But at least be civil about it at the State of the Union address. You know, this wasn't some uh, meet and greet in the Oval Office with the president of Italy. This was the State of the Union. And in fact, this is the state of our union is two people having temper tantrums and acting like children. My wife wrote, we're all children of a very bitter divorce right now. Mommy and daddy need to work their ass out pronto. Well, mommy and daddy were never in love. Mommy and daddy have hated each other for uh, no, but since before we were born. <laughs> but mommy and daddy were capable of doing things together to get things done for the children, right? I mean, they were capable of putting together, putting aside their differences or their yeah. hate or their distrust or whatever. As soon as this impeachment ball got rolling, though, it got ugly up in yeah, there. It was War the of the stuff, Roses. Everything came out of the closet at that point. Yeah. But but the, my, my frustration is, and I think we actually saw this, and this may not be the right example, but we saw this a bit. With the results from the Iowa caucuses, if Pete Buttigieg is the guy who got the most uh, delegates out of the Iowa caucuses, that's a sign to me. Well, they here's don't, a, you don't want Bernie Sanders. You don't want Elizabeth Warren. Here's what it's a sign of to me. Iowa, I believe, is going to be more of a moderate base. And that's what the, the messages spoke. That was the what message spoke to them. If you look at the two most moderate candidates on the Democratic side, you're going to get Joe Biden. You're going to get Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar to a degree. Um, And and Biden wasn't wasn't picking up the votes. He wasn't getting them. They saw that his viability was not there. And so they jump over to the Pete Buttigieg wagon because it's still a dude. And the fact of the matter is not a lot of them knew that that he's gay. And I don't have a problem with these gay. I think a lot of the country doesn't have a problem electing a gay president who's openly married to a man. But there are some pockets and in key battleground states where that's not going to happen even in 2020 yet. Right. He, he could do fine in Iowa. Right. He could even do well in New Hampshire, whatever that is, to a second place, third place finish for him in New Hampshire. But when you start getting to places like Nevada and especially South Carolina – that's going to be the true test for a guy like Pete Buttigieg. The biggest loser, I think, was Joe Biden. Absolutely. You've got to come in at least the top three in Iowa. This is when the donors start pulling out. 
This is when you're going to have a hard time. I want to know, and I don't know if this is, it will happen in this election cycle or perhaps uh, the one four years from now, where some candidate, whether it's from a third party or a moderate wing of the Republican Party, moderate wing of the Democratic Party, says, listen, this is not what politics is supposed to be. We need to put the boring back in politics, which is I'm going to get the job done. In fact, the the, the woman who gave the um, uh, Democratic response last night, the governor of Michigan, one of the things that she campaigned on was fill the damn potholes. That was one of her campaign slogans. That's one of the reasons that she's in the that she's in the chair right now, the governor's mansion in Michigan, because there's a we need a simple thing from our government. Stuff that is, actually means difference in our lives. Yeah. Do those things. Do those things first and then be entertaining. <laughs> then be the then be the Hollywood for ugly people. Just I don't want to. Ha- I want my. Well, I was going to say, I want my grandkids to not have to worry about the name of the president. But I guess that's that's not exactly what I mean. I do want them to know who the president is. I just don't want them to have to be inundated with it all the time. That's all. All right. Coming up next, a coronavirus update. Why are you quitting? I just quit. You can't quit. Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Very soon, any moment, as a matter of fact, the Senate will begin voting on Article of Impeachment Number 1, the abuse of power charge. They will vote on the two articles of impeachment, whether or not to convict or acquit the president. Very little expectation that he will be convicted. Those uh, senators who have tipped their hands in terms of where, uh, how they will vote. Uh, the only Republican we know who said that they would vote to convict was Utah Senator Mitt Romney. Keep an eye on this as this plays out over the next few minutes or so. They're reading the charges right now. They're reading, so they'll begin voting after the reading. And 100 senators, everyone has to be there. They all have to stand up and uh, cast their vote publicly. Uh, all right. Uh One of the big stories, of course, has been the ongoing coronavirus outbreak, not just in China, but around the world. Uh, The vast majority of cases continue to remain in China. But we've seen a couple of plane loads, now three plane loads full of Americans in that center of the area of Wuhan, China, where this coronavirus outbreak started, that have come home. Alex Stone is covering this, and it looks like these people will be quarantined for two weeks to watch for signs of any of coronavirus coming out. Huh, Alex? Yeah, that's right, guys. So the two planes landed today at Travis Air Force Base in Northern California, and then one of the two continued on to uh, Marine Corps Air Station Miramar down in San Diego County after refueling. And now at those two bases, those evacuated Americans will be under quarantine for 14 days, the longest incubation period known for coronavirus. A few minutes ago, we heard from the CDC saying that these people, they're high risk, they believe, because they were in China, but they say they don't pose a risk.
like anybody else to the public. Here's what they're telling us. Based on our experience with other coronaviruses, we don't believe these people pose a risk to this community because we are taking measures to minimize any exposures. That's Dr. Henry Walk. He says everybody on board those planes, they were all checked from the beginning to end for any signs of being sick. Medical personnel have been screening, monitoring, and evaluating these folks every step of the way including before takeoff, during the flight, and following arrival. But we are finding out now there was one baby on board the, the plane that, that landed at Travis and stayed at Travis today uh, who has a fever. Everybody else appears totally healthy right now, and that baby is in quarantine. The child is being evaluated at this point and, and will be put in isolation and tested. And, guys, so the CDC at this point is saying among those who are returning, whether it be those that came back last week at, at March Air Reserve Base or now Miramar or Travis, that because they were in China, they were in Wuhan, there probably are going to be coronavirus cases among them. They totally expect that some will develop during this quarantine period. Right now, the only one is there was one in the, the March Air Reserve group who went to a hospital getting checked out. Now, this baby, but a baby could have a fever for any number of reasons, so they don't know about that. But during this time, they do believe that more cases of coronavirus in the U.S. will develop in these groups uh, while they're, they're waiting and, and getting checked out. What does is, what is the actual housing look like? Are they in individual rooms? Is it roomed by family? How does it work out? Yeah, so they have what are called, uh, they're describing as suites on the, the military bases and that the families are put into a suite, and because most of them are families, the original group that came back to March, they were mainly diplomats and government workers. These two plane loads, and another that will go to Nebraska, and another maybe to, to Colorado, it looks like, these are everyday Americans who are living in Wuhan and, and were not government workers. So many of them have families, and they're coming back with children. So they're going into those suites. And there are contract workers for the CDC who are emptying the garbage and doing laundry and feeding these people, doing everything that they can to not get it themselves. But, you know, it's kind of like dorm rooms, but, you know, they say that they're not that bad. They're getting fed. They've got an outdoor area where they can get outside. They can exercise a little bit. And then after 14 days, they can go home wherever they're from. Are there any plans to have uh, specific centers to treat these people? Should we find uh, the coronavirus uh, around here? Oh, they're taking them off-site, as I understand it now, but are there yeah, certain designated hospitals? Well, right now they're taking them to, to pretty much any hospital that has the, the ability to, to isolate a patient, and many do. Most communities have at least one that can do that. So for now they're doing that. And then the CDC says, no, there's, we just don't have enough cases in the U.S. right now. It's at 12. They, they went up by one today with one more in Wisconsin. But that everybody's pretty much being treated locally. Nobody's died in the U.S. I mean, if it blows up, then, yeah, they would have to do something. But as of right now, no. Alex, thank you. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, guys. Alex Stone there with the latest on what's going on with uh, coronavirus. Um, we will watch that, of course, and I don't know when the next few planes are coming in, but we understand that there will be potentially a couple more planes uh, of people, of Americans in the Wuhan area that will be coming in uh, to California, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, right now in the Senate, they are voting. Um, they're voting on whether or not to convict or acquit the president on the first article of impeachment, the abuse of power. Let's see if we can listen in to... Uh we can listen into that. On Mrs. Capito. Not guilty. Mrs. Capito. Mr. Brown. Not guilty. Mr. Brown. Mr. 
Mr. Cardin, guilty. Mr. Carper. Mr. Carper, guilty. Mr. Casey. Mr. Casey, guilty. Mr. Cassidy. Do you think the president's watching this? Mr. Cassidy. It's hard to say. Not guilty. Uh, I Ms. noticed Collins. he didn't have very much on his public schedule Ms. today, Collins, uh, at least the one that the White House guilty. gave out. Yeah. So I don't know if he is in his lunch Mr. that he Coons, was scheduled. but um, Guilty. Mr. Cornyn. It's at 10-10 right Cornyn, now. Not guilty. Guilty. Not guilty. Ms. Cortez Masto. Ms. Cortez Masto. Guilty. Mr. Cotton. Mr. Cotton, not guilty. Mr. Kramer. Mr. Kramer, not guilty. Mr. Crapo. Mr. Crapo, not guilty. Mr. Cruz. Again, for this, they're going to need 34 votes needed to acquit because it would be... Not guilty. More than Ms. one Duckworth. third, two thirds needed to convict. So 34 votes needed guilty. to acquit. Mr. Right Durbin. now they're at 16. Mr. Durbin, guilty. Mr. Enzi. Mr. Enzi, not guilty. Ms. Ernst. Ms. Ernst, not guilty. Mrs. Feinstein. Mrs. Feinstein, guilty. Mrs. Fisher. Mrs. Fisher, not guilty. Mr. Gardner. Mr. Gardner, not guilty. Mrs. Gillibrand. Mrs. Gillibrand, guilty. Mr. Graham. Mr. Graham, not guilty. Mr. Grassley. Mr. Grassley, not guilty. Ms. Harris. So there are 22 Ms. votes Harris, not guilty. Guilty. Now 16 votes Ms. guilty. Ms. Hassan. Guilty. Mr. Hawley. Mr. Hawley. Not guilty. Mr. Heinrich. Mr. Heinrich. Guilty. Ms. Hirono. Ms. Hirono. Guilty. Mr. Hoven. Mr. Hoven. Not guilty. Mrs. Hyde-Smith. Not guilty. Mrs. Hyde-Smith. Not guilty. Mr. Inhofe. Mr. Inhofe, not guilty. Mr. Johnson, Mr. Johnson, not guilty. Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones, guilty. Mr. Kane, Mr. Kane, guilty. Mr. Kennedy, Mr. Kennedy, not guilty. Mr. King. Guilty. Mr. King, guilty. There's Klobuchar. Ms. Klobuchar. 28 votes guilty. for not guilty Mr. of Langford. this Article 1 abuse of Mr. power. Mr. Langford, not guilty. 29. They're Mr. looking Leahy. for 34 votes not Mr. guilty. Mr. guilty. Mr. Lee. Not guilty. Mr. Lee, not guilty. Mrs. Leffler. That's 30. Mrs. Leffler, not guilty. Mr. Manchin. 31. Mr. Manchin, Guilty. Mr. Markey. Mr. Markey. Guilty. Mr. McConnell. Mr. McConnell. Not guilty. Ms. McSally. Ms. McSally. So one more vote for not, not guilty. guilty. Mr. Menendez. Mr. Menendez. Guilty. Mr. Merkley. Mr. Merkley. Guilty. Mr. Moran. 
Mr. Moran. Yeah. Is Senator Jerry Not Moran guilty. with a 34th vote. That's the 34 Mr. votes Murkowski. needed to acquit the Not president guilty. on Mr. Article Murphy. 1 of the abuse of power charge. Guilty. Now, they'll go through and they'll do the Mr. same Mark. thing for the obstruction Mr. of Congress Murphy. charge, which is the Article 2, uh, the second article of impeachment that was brought over to the House. So, again, they're at Mr. right now they're at 36 not guilty Mr. votes. Uh, if they had reached 34, that would have been enough to make sure that he would be acquitted. So President Trump will be acquitted on Article 1, abuse of power. They'll have to go to Article 2 to see if they will um, if they will convict him of Article 2, which is abu- uh, obstruction of Congress. So we'll pay attention to that. This vote is going to continue to pan out. They're only in the R's. they got to go all the way through the uh, rest of the alphabet and get all of the, the about 30, 35 senators that have yet to vote. The Weinstein testimony got pretty gross yesterday. Jurors looking at naked pictures of Harvey Weinstein. We'll give you all the details when we come back. I want to wake up where your love is, because your love is always breaking my Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. 52 to 48 to acquit. The president has been acquitted of abuse of power. The first of the two articles of impeachment. They're going through and reading the second one. Keep an eye on that. We got a thousand bucks to give away. Here's how you can win it. For your chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword change c-h-a-n-g-e to 200 200 you'll get a confirmation text and info standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest that's change to 200 200 and remember you got to answer the phone if you don't your money moves on looks like it's gonna be coming from a 513 area code your next chance to win a thousand dollars Right here next hour on KFI, every hour, 5 a.m. to 6.20, Monday through Friday. They passed out pictures of a naked Harvey Weinstein. And the troubling part about it is it's the front and the back. And the pictures that the court reporter have has uh, drawn of the, the of sketch these, artist. The sketch artist. Show a naked Harvey with a giant belly. Yeah, well... Um, and, and then his back, a picture of his back with a bunch of black dots on it. Yeah. Remember she said when he started to give her a massage and she said, no, 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 no. Uh, how about I give you a massage that he took his shirt off and he had all these blackheads all over him. Uh, the, I'm a head out. The, the woman who was really the star witness in all of this was, I don't know if you want to say attack. I'll say she was aggressively questioned by Harvey Weinstein's attorney, Donna Rotano. She shouted at one point at the witness about accepting a Harvey Weinstein invitation to a specific, specific event. The attorney said, did you know it would look bad for you if you went to an event on January 18th after you claim you were raped on January 4th? in an attempt to say that this woman was manipulating Harvey Weinstein by using sex to get what she wanted and then going back and claiming that it was not consensual. The um, witness replied, ma'am, this whole relationship was bad for me. Did you hear about that model's testimony today? This woman's name is Lauren Young. Mm, yes. She's 30. She's the producer's last accuser to testify at the trial. And she claims that he touched himself in front of her inside a Beverly Hills hotel bathroom 
in February 2013. She says in explicit detail that did not look normal. And I remember noticing that and I didn't notice. What would you say? Well, uh, testicles. I said the accompanying genitals. I thought you meant the specifics because she said that she didn't see the actual thing in the thing. He said testicles for the record, Nick. Yeah. I said accompanying genitals. She was crying, actually, as she was saying that Harvey Weinstein had a friend there, another model named Claudia Salinas, who had closed the door of the hotel bathroom to trap her inside with Harvey, making it impossible for her to escape. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. That's just terrible. And I I think it's unnecessary, though, that the jurors had had to look at naked pictures of him. That seems to be a little bit over the top. I um, yeah. You want to go to Washington? Uh, I guess because it's cleaner than what's going on here. Guilty, Mrs. Feinstein. Guilty. Here we are Mrs. again. Fisher. This is the Senate voting on the Not second guilty. article of impeachment, obstruction of Congress. If they get to Not 34 guilty. Not Mrs. Guilty Brand. votes, which is expected then they, the president Graham. will not be guilty of obstruction not of Congress, guilty. and this whole Mr. thing is Brasley. over. Not guilty. Ms. Harris. Guilty. Ms. Hassan. Guilty. Mr. Hawley. Not guilty. Not guilty. Mr. Heinrich. Guilty. Ms. Hirono. Guilty. Mr. Hoven. Not guilty. Mrs. Hyde-Smith. Not guilty. Not guilty. Mr. Inhofe. Not guilty. Mr. Johnson. Not guilty. Mr. Jones. Guilty. Mr. Kane. Guilty. Mr. Kennedy. Not guilty. So there are 28 not guilty votes, 22 guilty, guilty right Klobuchar. now. If they get to tw- 34 not guilty votes, guilty. then the president Mr. will be Langford. acquitted again. Not guilty. Mr. Leahy. Guilty. Mr. Lee. Not guilty. Not guilty. That's 30 Mrs. not Leffler. guilty votes. Not guilty. Mr. Manchin. Guilty. Mr. Markey. Guilty. Mr. McConnell. Not guilty. Ms. McSally. Not guilty. Mr. Menendez. Guilty. Mr. Merkley. Guilty. Mr. Moran. Not guilty. And there you go. Kansas Senator Jerry Moran casts the vote, the 34th not guilty guilty vote. Mr. Murphy. So the Senate has enough votes to acquit the president of uh, Article 2 of impeachment, which which was obstruction of Congress. Uh, Depending on how Mitt Romney votes on this one, it may end up the same way. The first article was 52 votes not guilty, 48 guilty. Uh, And as they wrap this up in a couple of minutes, we'll get the final uh, 
final count, I should say, on Article 2 as well. But they have enough votes to acquit. The president will not be removed from office, and the impeachment is over. We'll talk about it more and what's next when we come back. Gary and Shannon. Every time I move, every step that I take, everywhere I look, it's right in front of face. Your foot in the shadows, foot on the We didn't say any bad words, did you? Yeah. Oh. Well, they were directed at Blake. I mean, I'm sure if the FCC calls, you could just point to Blake and go, but I had to yell at that guy. And they'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, it is uh, It is over. Impeachment is over. The acquittal vote, the final step in this two-week trial marked by huge, passionate arguments from House Democrats that President Trump was a danger to the country and... A lot of impassioned support for the president from Senate Republicans. You can uh, expect all of the votes to convict. Uh, Almost all of them were Democrats. On the first article, the article for uh, abuse of power, Mitt Romney, the Republican senator out of Utah, did vote to convict. So that vote was 52 not guilty and 48 guilty. Article 2, the second article of impeachment, was obstruction of Congress. And in that one, Mitt Romney voted not to convict. So it was 53 not guilty, 47 guilty. Of course, the president was accused of abusing his power by pressuring Ukraine to announce investigations into the Bidens, former Vice President Joe Biden, who is his political uh, nemesis, I guess you could say. Although after Iowa, Biden's uh, a little bit watered down. But remember, his son Hunter was on that powerful energy board in Ukraine for really no reason. He ha- he didn't have the credentials. It was just basically he was there for his name. And-, and how did that impact our relationship with Ukraine? That's what the president wanted to look into. He wanted dirt on the Bidens for whatever reason. He argued that it was a matter of national security. The Democrats argued it was because he wanted to do better in his campaign for 2020. And the big thing about the conversation was, was there any quid pro quo? Did the president withhold or was he planning on withholding this nearly $400 million in military aid to Ukraine? Now, the aid was given. But was there a desire intent by the president to get tit for tat on this thing? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to remember. I looked up the votes on the Clinton impeachment and they were just as close and not as close. I guess you could say the first article of impeachment against Clinton was perjury. Um, 55 voted against it. 55 voted not guilty, which is a level that we didn't reach here. And then the accusation, uh, the Article 2 impeachment of impeachment against uh, Clinton was obstruction of justice, and it was split 50-50. But again, you'd have to get a 67th um, senator to vote to convict and then kick the president out of office. So those, uh, again, these were closer votes than the Clinton votes, uh, or I should say at least one of them was a closer vote than the Clinton votes. Both sides had said that they wanted this to be bipartisan. They wanted to have somebody cross the aisle and vote with them. The only real people that did that would have been Mitt Romney and Susan Collins back when they were talking about whether or not they were going to call witnesses and subpoena more documents. And then in the end, the only one who changed parties was Mitt Romney. And even then, it was only for one of the two articles of impeachment. Yeah, but roll out those campaign ads for Democrats claiming that they did get the bipartisan vote just from Mitt Romney's vote. They are going to roll out those ads and say it's time to unseat this president, bipartisan support to do so. 
in 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 at Capitol Hill, and that this was not what the people wanted, and and the whole bit. They're going to use this, and you're going to see bipartisan vote over and over when they're uh, when they're campaigning. Um, this is not over by any means. There was discussion on the down the hall in the uh, House chambers. Oh, I thought you were going to say at KLIC. No, no. There, there is discussion there about Mookie Betts, but today in the House of Representatives, there is discussion about whether or not to actually subpoena John Bolton and begin that process all over again. It's, it's conceivable, based on, I think, what we've seen over the last six or nine months, it's conceivable that the House Judiciary Committee opens another impeachment inquiry into President Trump. I wouldn't be surprised. This was the first impeachment trial in the country's history with no witnesses. Senate has conducted 16 impeachment trials. Most of those cases involved judges. In all of them except this one, witnesses were called. Of course, the Senate failed to remove the two prior presidents that faced impeachment, Andrew Johnson, Bill Clinton. In the 13 other cases, the Senate found the official guilty eight times, not guilty five times. They heard 41 witnesses in the Johnson case and then just three in the Clinton case. Um, both the uh, the House Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and the Minority Leader Chuck Schumer came up to the uh, podiums and they gave sort of their closings and said thank you basically to all of the staff that have to take new roles in an impeachment trial like this. And, you know, rarely happens and kind of had to go back through the history books to see exactly what was required of them. The Chief Justice Also, John Roberts just gave his closing statements, thanked everybody for their work, for being attentive in all of this. And uh, the last thing that the chief justice said before he stepped down was, I look forward to seeing all of you in happier circumstances. The president will be the first person to run for president after being impeached. Yeah, and if... uh... If the Democrats continue to pull the Iowa caucuses like oh, they have, Lord have mercy, he's going to win by a landslide. If they can't figure something out, the Democrats had four years to get it together, and they look even more disorganized than they did in Philadelphia. It's like a Don Knotts character shooting himself in the foot over and over <laughs> yes. again in bad Paisley suit. I've been looking at you through your bedroom. All right, coming up next, Justin Worsham joins us, host of the Dad Podcast. Let's uh, parent it out, shall yes, we? Yes, yes, we shall. Gary and Shannon will continue just a minute. Yeah, I'm a hack, full tilt, scarred hands to the hill, don't push me, grown ass man. Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The impeachment saga is over as the president has been acquitted by the Republican-led Senate. Senators found him not guilty on both counts of impeachment, abuse of power, and obstruction of Congress. president hasn't tweeted yet. I keep looking at that, too. (laughs) I'm just refreshing. Matter of time. Matter of time, but the president has not tweeted yet. Um, Again, the Senate has acquitted the president of the two articles of impeachment. So this is all over. Everybody said their thank yous to the staff, to the uh, chief justice of the Supreme Court for sitting in on this. And then, uh, of course, I mentioned yesterday there was word that the House may call John Bolton and we may start this whole process over again. Justin Worsham, host of the Dad Podcast, joins us now. Happy, happy birthday again. Thank you. Thank happy you. special week. 
Thank you very much. It's a two-week thing now. I'm, I'm a grown man, and so I have festival birthdays. That's how I guess it works. <laughs> when you turn 41, it's, it's got to be elongated to two weeks. Uh, do you think that the reason why we haven't seen a tweet is because he's pretending like he doesn't know, or is he trying to craft the proper response? I think it's he's... He's. I assume he's probably crafting a proper response. You mean like he's pretending like, oh, was that today? Uh, yeah. No, I don't think, that, don't think that's I, he's part of it He's acutely aware of what's going on. I don't know if he'd be able to pull that off. All right. Um, we were talking about this. Uh, the, the tease line that we have for what uh, the topic that we're going to talk about, uh, good parent, bad parent, good yeah. cop, bad cop, and how, you know, in a situation it may be, it may work, right? But then it's going to tax the relationship, the, the the two parents that are going after this. All these multiple, like, there's different surveys, research that went into it, and they found that it, it the biggest impact it has is on the relationship, the marital relationship itself, because the bad cop feels like they always have to be the disciplinarian, and they feel like the good cop is favored uh, with the kids. And so that, and then that there's, like, animosity that builds between the two. But I thought the really interesting part is that now they've also found out that it's not good for the kids because the the best thing, which is one of those moments where it's like, no, duh. But the best thing is a united front, which I've been trying desperately to get my wife to understand for now 11 years. Wow. <laughs> Let's hope that she's But listening. other than that, I have no thoughts. <laughs> I think that sometimes they, they, they change roles, too. Like some parent, you know to, who to go to for what? Oh, like yeah. as a kid, you know which parent to go to for whatever you're trying to achieve. And sometimes that can change back and forth. So I think, it, you know, it, it, sometimes you can be the bad cop. Sometimes you can be the good cop. And maybe if you share uh, more of an equal workload when it comes to stretching it across all platforms of want from your kids. I've heard lots of people that go back and forth. I'll yeah. be honest, in my house, there was never, there's never been a back and forth. They asked their mother for everything. And literally when they were younger, the mouths of babes, I would be like, why don't you ask me? And they go, because you'll just say no. Which I don't like. There's a part of me that wears it like a badge of honor, which I'm sure I shouldn't. But then there's also this part that, like, I listen. I can be fun, guys. It's just not my job. Right. <laughs> what about you, Gary? Are I, you? I, it depends. We go back and forth. I don't oh, you like. Do. You guys change? Yeah, I don't like being the disciplinarian, but I, you know, if I have to, uh, to just to switch it up. If if there's no other reason. It's just to keep them on their toes a little bit. I like that. Because that's the important part about it. I mean, there are times there are times when we will disagree about what the next course of action should be. Does this qualify as an impeachable offense or is it <laughs> does it not rise to high crimes and misdemeanors? And, and those are the you know, those are the discussions we have to have over here, over here, and then bring it to the full Senate and say, here's what we feel like uh, should happen to you. See, I would imagine, and you tell me what you think of this, Shannon, what's your read, is that I would imagine that in the Hoffman House, there is more of kind of a united front, even like by the very nature of like jumping back and forth to keep the kids on their toes to know that there isn't one way or the other. But it's but you guys like, can you imagine a situation where there was some kind of plan or, or thoughts of discipline being needed or a, a talk that needed to be given that your Shannon was like, no, that's I think you're being too hard on him. No, you're right. There's never been. I don't think I've ever heard her say that I was too. But hard does she on think them. that you're too easy on them? Or yes, she does. And it's not. It's not that I'm not. It, I wouldn't even say that it's. I'm too easy. It's that I'm just willing to ignore things. Oh, uh, because I'll chalk it up to uh, stupid. It's, that's a boy thing, or that's a girl thing, or their brains aren't developed yet. Just let them. That that type of a thing. I'm I'm less willing to to go after those things. I suppose.
Which is interesting because what I thought that came out of the survey and research is that usually the parent who works full time, and it could be even if both parents work full time, whoever's working full time, they feel like they fall into the disciplinarian role and that the other person is the, is the favorite. Even if both parents are hmm. working, they think, well, I'm the mean one. They're the nice one, even if they're both working full time. Did you have a nice and a mean parent, Shannon? Yeah, we were talking a little bit about it. I think uh, my dad always wanted to be the good cop. It's very important for my dad to be liked, you know, and so that was uh, that was his lane. And I think that there was some consternation because my mom always had to be the one to, to, you know, be the disciplinarian, go after us. Do you think now that you're an adult, do you think your parents like having those roles? Because I would argue that I think that creates a natural sense of balance. That, you know, and, and it allows people to, to kind of feel, go to, towards their comfort it's zone. It's just in certain people's DNA that they're never going to be able to be the bad cop or the good cop. You know, there's no way that they were going to have a conversation where, you know, it, you know, my mom said to my dad, now you have to call her on this stuff and blah, blah. It, it just wouldn't, I don't know if that would have happened. It's just not, you know. I love this. I love the idea. It's like telling Gary, like, get upset and emotional over things. Like, he can't do it. And then to go back to you, do you think that's part of why, like, when she feels like you are too easy on him? Because you just don't, you don't spike, right? Like, you don't just get enraged. Like, you're even keel all the time. Yeah. uh, I mean, there are spikes there. I mean, I can think back in my head where I've lost my cool, which... To other people, might not seem like it, but to me, feels like it's the red hot anger of an a eyebrow. thousand suns. <laughs> uh, Did his eyebrow just twitch? It's uh, a sign to, to leave the room. Shannon goes, just back away from it. <laughs> Avoid eye contact. There, I mean, there are times that it does spike, but I think it's more, for me, it is more even keel. Those times that it does spike is when it gets absolutely out of hand crazy. And I don't know if this speaks to you guys or anybody listening. The thing that put the most strain on my relationship was that I was the disciplinarian. I also, when they were younger, I was the one who was home a lot with them. Mm-hmm. And then my wife, though, being the wife, had this natural maternal thing to protect and nurture. And she would constantly, unintentionally, I believe, condescend to me about the things that maybe I wasn't picking up on or noticing or anything like that. That would make me angry at her. I'm like, you don't get to treat me like I'm an uninvolved dad when I'm literally in the trenches every minute of every day. Like, I got this. I'm fine. But she would always be like, well, you know, you just got to be careful. Well, I think that goes to the biological differences that that people like to ignore, that pretend yeah. that they don't We're exist. To, yeah. But they clearly exist. I mean, like you're talking about, there's a maternal instinct that is very different than the paternal instinct. We're, you know, men are built for the most part, you know, in a different way than women. That's it goes beyond what Tell I'm saying. Tell me more. Tell no. me. Well, but How I mean, old just were in terms you of the things. You started hating women. The things that we bring to answer the question. Parenting. <laughs> You're totally right. Are different. You're absolutely right. And that. and I, what there, I what there's I, a reason why we were built differently. Yeah. And it you know some guys like for example you I you would argue because you've said this before through tears that <laughs> you. You tend to have a more – you're more in touch with your feminine side oh, yeah. than other dads that than you know. Than my wife. Exactly. I am the biggest feminist she, in my house. She <laughs> never touches your feminine side. I've, I've asked her. But, so, I mean, it, it, it can change. I mean, generally speaking, though, there's yeah. there are things that you bring to that parenting, that to that household that your wife cannot. She simply can't. She can't fake it. She can't pretend it. She can't rent it. She just can't get it. Right. So – 
I don't. I don't know. I, mean, I would want to do a controlled experiment. You know how, like, if they uh, put a bunch of female fish in, the, in an aquarium, like uh, they just spontaneously will change gender, right? And so that they can keep copulating. Sure. I would be curious to see, like, if what if I forced myself to be more like lenient about things? If my wife would naturally fall into a more disciplinary, like, what if there's a, a subconscious ebb and flow that nobody is really Maybe. aware of? I can tell you that since she started working from home, her fuse has gotten significantly shorter, which I love. It is so great to watch. Do you just sit in the kitchen with your apron on and go, oh, honey, oh. how was your day? You know what? I'd like to be angry that you put me in an apron, but it's not too far off. Of the, president, the president did tweet, by the way. Oh! Uh, he retweeted an image that he has used before. Uh, it's a Time magazine cover that says how Trumpism will outlast Trump. It's something he's done before, and it's a campaign sign for Trump 2020, Trump 2024, Trump 2028, 20, 32, 36, 40, 44, 48, all the way going through, and then it says Trump forever. Oh, boy. Everybody said that's the end of Trump. <laughs> uh, we got a giveaway. Your next vacation oh. at the L.A. Travel and Adventure Show is coming up the 16th and uh, 15th and 16th at the L.A. Convention Center. Go to KFI AM 640 for your chance to win a trip to Switzerland, courtesy of Switzerland Tourism, Swiss International Airlines, and Alpenwild. You can buy discounted tickets at latravelshow.com, but caller number six is going to win a four-pack of tickets right now. 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534 for that four-pack of tickets. Visit kfiam640.com. Use the keyword travel for more information. John and Ken show coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, Justin. Thank you. Stay dry, everybody. Blessings. That, That was a good show. I really liked them. Gary and Shannon.